and welcome in to another edition of Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. Okay, you are Kutztown. Jack Hyme, Mitchell Smedley coming your way once again on this Monday afternoon. What's left of Mitchell Smedley, at least? It's okay, Mitch. Yeah, we will get to everything. So much to talk about. World Series thoughts. Uh, MLB free agency is just underway. Some contracts have already been signed. And, you know, NFL news. We'll recap week nine. What was, uh, what is coming tonight with the Monday night game. And then we will move into college football thoughts and reactions on week 10. And if time permits, we will get to a couple of NHL headlines. Just want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's show. As always, Mitch, a lot to talk about, like I just mentioned. Uh, there's no other place you got to start, though, than the, uh, the World uh. Series, man. It was painful for you. Uh, you know, you were very adamant on the Wednesday show. You know, Thought we, we, could be seeing, we could be seeing a World Series parade. Was, your, your status yeah. for today's show was in doubt, but... Uh, that's no longer as the Astros have been crowned the World Series champions. Congratulations to Houston. Uh, very much so earned. Cheaters. They're not cheaters. Always will forever be in my mind. They earned it. Dusty Baker gets his first ring, 25 years of managing. Most wins in the postseason of any guy to not get a World Series ring up until uh, Saturday night. Yeah, it was crazy weekend. Uh, as always in sports, so much going on, but especially with the end of the <laughs> baseball season. Uh, Mitch... Give me your thoughts. You, you know, you're you're a big Phillies guy. Everyone knows that. You want uh, my thoughts, Jack? You really want my thoughts? We'll, we'll, we'll get to your meltdown for game six. We'll, we'll get we'll get. We'll, we'll, let's we'll get just go right to it. There's no other place to start. I mean... Well, we could talk about games four and five. We could, but why bother? I mean... I think we, we should, Sir, though. we didn't hit at all in the final... We scored three runs over the last three games after putting up 14 in the first three. That's obviously an issue. But, I, I mean, series... Losing season, losing decision by Rob Thompson, the man that this city crowned our new king, our lord and savior, and he blew it. I mean, this is what I told you. Well, I kind of went on a little bit of a rant with a little bit of an audience in the studio here earlier. Regs was in attendance. It was a big thing, right? And, and where did I start, Jack? I said this is what originally started the beginning of the end for Gabe Kapler. It was Aaron Nola, sixty-eight pitches, opening day. Took him out. Lost the game. This was that times like a million. This was awful. Let's lay out the situation. Zach Wheeler has pitched, I think, three hit ball, four hit. He's doing fine. It was yeah. one nothing Phillies. He was cruising. First and third, one out. He's a ground ball away from getting out of the inning, by the way. With Jordan Alvarez coming up, who's a very good hitter. I get that. You're up by one, runner on third, one out. Like, this is a manageable situation. First and third, like I said. And Rob Thompson not only elects to take out the stud of this team, Zach Wheeler, who was pitching phenomenal. He was hitting 99. It was like it was like a dream after that surgery. He'd been, you know, his highest was like 97, 98. He was at 99 on Saturday. So he's pulled. And who do we go to? Let me run through my how I would have managed this bullpen. I'm sorry, by the way. I'm yelling. Mitch, Mitch. Mitch, don't run through every option. Just go, just, who who would you have went to in that situation? I'll pose that oh, question. I'll go very briefly. Uh, I, first of all, I would have gone to Zach Wheeler. But I probably would have gone, if I'm going to go to the bullpen, which I would not have, Sir Anthony Dominguez. But Rob Thompson decided not to. No, why would we go with the guy that's actually pitching well? Or David Robertson, the guy that had had multiple high-leverage innings, including the, I think he pitched the 10th in Game 1. 
Uh, why, yes. why not go with Zach Eflin, who's been your guy, your hometown guy in these playoffs? It's come in in these crazy situations and done well. Or Andrew Bellotti, the guy I picked to you know really sway the series. He could have. He's been good in the in the postseason. Ranger Suarez, I get you wanted to pitch Game Seven. I'm sorry, I'm like turned into me going through all of them. <laughs> this is this is a disastrous decision, Jack. Ranger Suarez, who's been a stud out of the bullpen. I know you wanted him to pitch tomorrow. I did too. Just then, don't just just don't go to the bullpen then. Or even Connor Brogdon would have been a better option. He'd been lights out his last few outings. I know he's terrible. I don't like seeing him pitch either, but could have happened. All of those, including Brogdon, would have been better options than Jose Alvarado. The man that came in with the bases loaded and hit a batter. The man that has not pitched well all series. The last two weeks, he's been atrocious. He's given up the big hits the entire postseason. We forget he came in to replace none other than Zach Wheeler to give up a two-run home run home run against the Cardinals to uh, Yepes. 2-0 Cardinals. Thank God Gene Segura was on this team to launch a comeback that eventually won us the game in the series. Jose Alvarado did that. He's been awful in the playoffs. Yeah, no, he's certainly not been good. Rob Thompson outsmarted himself clearly in game six of that decision in the sixth inning, first and third one out. Jordan at the plate. He decides to go lefty-lefty. Think it would pay off. Uh, Alvarado leaves a cookie right down the middle, and Alvarez plants at dead center field, 450. Over the batter's eye. But Mitch, uh, you what, know, Jack? what a time to be alive, am I right? It's something <laughs> yeah, you know say all what? the time. He'll never hit a bigger home run in his life. He won't. Jordan will not hit a bigger home run in his life. He uh, hit an absolute moonshot. That thing could have went to <laughs> Mars. Uh, you know, Houston, known for their space, and they call it the Space City. So, uh, launched that one in outer space. But, I mean, four it's one win, stupid. 4-1 win in game six, and really, once Jordan hit that home run, it was over. everyone knew it was over. It was over. There was no, there was no doubt that Houston was going to win the World Series. Dusty Baker said it himself, you know, I, you know when, when did you know it was over? After Yonan hit that home run. Uh, it sucked the life out of the Phillies. There was nothing left in the tank. Uh, Neris, Abreu, and you know Presley, the familiar faces in the playoffs who got it done uh, night in and night out for this Astros squad. They did it again. The bullpen, especially those two guys, Abreu and Presley, did not give up a run in the postseason. Neither of them did. Uh, both had a zero ERA. Hector Neris, the former Philly, 1.5 postseason ERA. Uh, and his score of the seventh, he had two Ks. I mean, he looked... He looked fantastic. I mean, it was every Phillies fan night Phillies fans nightmare to see Hector Neris go him out to there give and look that good. One bomb. I just wanted one bomb off Hector Neris. Like even when we were losing, I think it was game five. We were losing, and uh, we were down by like two, or I think maybe it was one. I don't know. But the mood in the room with all the people I was watching with was very bleak. But when Hector Neris came on to pitch, like I can't repeat what we. Chanted I on air, but everyone got into it at that moment because we all hate him. It was so unifying. I just wanted one bomb off that guy. Yeah, the guy who was so abysmal Awful. for the Phillies. I mean, he was he an was up or down. Up, he was the biggest roller coaster experience out of the bullpen. Some nights he'd shut it down, others he would look horrendous. So, but to see him look so, uh, you know, complete for, for the Astros is just, it's got to it eat away. It's got to it eat away at you as a Phillies rude. fan. It was awful. It was my nightmare, Jack. Well, before we get back to our baseball discussion, we do have a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.cutstown.edu slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider 
your event no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Good City University, KUR. Welcome back to Aviators, everybody. Jack Hyme, Mitchell Smedley. We're getting back into our World Series discussion. The Astros have been crowned the champions in 2022. Say it We're 30 more times, why don't you? I mean, it's, it's look, it, it happened. It happened. You got to mm-hmm. talk about it. You know, we mentioned I need game therapy, six, that's, 4-1 that's I mean. win. The big moments from that game, uh, Jeremy Pena gets crowned the World Series MVP. Uh, I mean, rightfully so. I think he's only the second rookie ever to win the LCS uh, player of the series and uh, the World Series uh, MVP. So Jeremy Pena, I mean, he burst onto the scene. He's looked fantastic for Houston. And really, you know, that was the big talking point. They, they took a risk early in the year when, you know, they let Correa walk in the offseason. They had Pena coming up. They said, you know, we're, we're going to take a chance on one of our own guys. And it paid off drastically. I mean, the, the impact he had on this team, if Jeremy Pena was not in Houston, they would not have won the World Series. And that's just a fact. I mean... And Houston, just they have so many years of this guy coming. I mean, he's on his rookie contract. He's got four to five more years with the club uh, before he gets his big payday. Houston's not going anywhere. And it's incredible. I mean, they built this team from within. It's not like they went out and bought everybody in this team. They drafted a lot of these guys. They signed a lot of them internationally. I mean, you got Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Altuve. We're all international signings. I hate you all draft, of them. You drafted Bregman. You drafted Bregman. You traded for Alvarez from the Dodgers when he was 19 and gave up scraps for him. Uh, I mean, Kyle Tucker was drafted. Uh, Chas McCormick was another drafted player in this organization. So guys who made impacts all postseason long were either international signings, drafted from within the organization, and the player development staff in Houston is bar none, top of the top, uh, you know, in baseball. They did a great job getting all these guys, you know, to the big leagues and in positions to succeed. So What's that like, day, Jack? I want to know what that's like to have successful players from your own farm system. Yeah, I know. Uh, both of our organizations have lacked in that department we're so. terrible yeah i mean yeah i mean it's disgusting i mean especially on the batting side for the mets i mean they oh, developed my. some great pitchers Syndergaard, when he was in his prime with new york was fantastic jacob Degrom, best pitcher in the game zach wheeler was incredible now he's doing it with the phillies of course but you know and even matt harvey was developed through the organization when he was in his prime the, the dark night they call it happy harvey day did mets fans so i mean they've developed great pitching in new york but uh you know, not a lot of great hitters in as of recent memory. I mean, Pete Alonso and Jeff going, McNeil. Are, please. I mean, Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil are, are fantastic, but those are really the only two notable ones. And before that, David Wright. But we're not going to keep going down this rabbit hole. Mitch, free agency is upon us. A lot of key oh. players up for the Phillies. One of your favorites, Reese Hoskins. Yeah. And you know, what do you think his status is going to be? Do you think he'll be back in Philly? And what do you think his payday is going to be like? Okay, so what I've noticed is that most of the city hates. The idea of Reese Hoskins coming back, which means it'll probably happen. Yeah. Uh, which I love because I am a Reese Hoskins ride. Like, I am on the Reese Hoskins bandwagon until the day I die. I have his jersey. I love him. I, I need him to stay in Philly. He had a, well, a great two thirds of the postseason, fell off at the end. I, I, coming from a guy who reads stuff on this team every day, it seems like he'll be back. It's not a definite, though. We don't really, we're not really sure. People keep saying put Derek Hall at first. What are you talking about? Derek Hall. Derek Hall's is not awful. good. Can't hit lefties. He's not even an he upgrade can't defensively hit at all, and he barely hits righties. I mean, not look, an upgrade. I mean, he just as bad defensively. 
He's not a like downgrade in every sense like he, of the word. Exactly. He, he doesn't bring any improved presence compared to Reese. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, Reese, Reese is, just Reese is one, of the only, he's one of the only Philly guys that was brought up to the organization. He's going to stay, whether Philly fans like it or not, Reese isn't going anywhere. He's going to be the first baseman for quite some time. Uh, def, you know, Despite his defensive blunders, his bat can make up for it when he's hot, but that's the problem. He's the guy just hit 30 home runs, Jack. He turned into what Nick Castellanos should have been. So, I mean, yeah, Nick Castellanos had a horrific first season. Interesting oh to see God, if he can turn it around. Uh, well, you know, not sure. But, uh, yeah, it's time we go to free agency. Yeah, Because there's gotta. a lot, lot going on already. Your guy. A lot of the Mets, a lot of the Phillies, you know, many teams making moves. It's one of the most exciting times of the year. The cycle begins. No, Never a dull moment, you know. The season lasts forever. Yep. Uh, you know, really takes us the whole calendar year between the all 162 games, the postseason, and you shift to free agency, and then the spring training starts. There's never a moment where you're not really excited. I mean, I guess maybe that January area is the one dull month because, you know, you're really not Looking at free agency, you're kind of just waiting for spring training to start. So that's really the one month out of the year you get Even a little bit of a Even that this year, though, we had the uh, the drama with the lockout exactly. coming up, and and that kind of bridged the gap for us. But let's uh, let's start with well, he's kind of turned into a a rival, my guy of sorts, simply because of his song. But uh, your guy Edwin Diaz over there for New York, yes sir, signs, signs a big five old year. contract, five years, 102 mil. He's sticking with the Mets for quite some time. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Diaz had his best years at Met by far this year. Uh, introduced his now famous walkout song, Narco, uh, by Blaster Jackson, Timmy Narc- Trumpet. Really gets the stadium rocking. Uh, it was a, a joy watching him pitch at City Field all year. I uh, wish I could have got to a game, but, you know, circumstances had it that I couldn't make it out. But, you know, watching the Mets this year was so fun, especially with Diaz locking it down in the ninth. Nearly unhittable. Uh, had nearly a 50% strikeout rate. I mean, Edwin Diaz, so nasty. That He'll electric fastball. That electric fastball. You know, low to mid 90s slider that has, you know, absolutely disgusting movement on it. So he's sticking with the Mets for a while. Steve Cohen continues to flex that he has, uh, you know, play money. He can just throw money at anyone he wants. Sticking with the Mets, Daniel Vogelback's option gets picked up by the team, 1.5 mil. You know, he had a, you know, well over, uh, I think, 1,100. Oh no, over a hundred. I think it was a one forty four WRC plus in his time at the Mets against right handed pitching. Very valuable at that spot. He'll continue to be a DH, primarily play against righties because he can't hit anything from a lefty. But you know, I like it. It's a team friendly contract. He'll be back. Chris Bassett will decline his nineteen million dollar yeah. mutual option. Goodbye. Uh, his talks. You know, he does want to remain a Met. He's expressed that, Please but he leave. just wants a multi year deal. Please leave. Jacob Degrom is tested free agency, opted out of his contract. So I mean, the Mets are going to have a busy off season. They've already. You know, they've already kept Diaz. They've been in rumors for Trey Turner already. Oh, God. Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts are out there. The shortstop market is going to be popping in free agency. Uh, so many teams are going to be in on these stars. Uh, but, Mitch, uh, Philly Philly update. Zach Eflin has declined his $15 million team option. He will hit the free agent Good. market. Leave. So you want Eflin See gone. what I care. High-valued, He's so bad at pitching baseballs. High-valued right-handed reliever Robert Suarez from the Padres has opted out of his contract. He will be... A very popular and highly targeted free agent. To I love lock that down name, the bullpen. Jack. I love Robert Suarez for the rest of my life. Robert and Ranger. Um, both Suarez. I, I would could be bring in Suarez. In. I, honestly, I wouldn't bring Suarez into my team. I just love him because uh, that was the Harper swing right there. Yeah, the swing of his life. And you know, Robert before that Philly series, Robert Suarez was having a very oh, he was very dominant. solid postseason. I mean, dominant. he was merely untouchable. So yeah, I'd be in on uh, Robert and Ranger. Ranger and Robert. More news. Will Myers decline. Uh, the Padres declined Will Myers' twenty million dollar club option. No surprise there. Yeah, uh, that was a lot of money to be tied up in a guy who really does not earn it uh, statistically. Doesn't really take much more to look at the stats and be well. You know, this guy does not you know fit fit the twenty million dollar per year bill. 
More Phillies news, though. Aaron Nola. Yep. Uh, pick, the Phillies pick up his $18 million option. That so, was a formality. I mean, we, yeah. We all knew it. Everyone knew he's going to be back, obviously. It's not I'll a... I'll go back, Knowles. It's not, it's not a surprise there. But, you know, Mitch, I know you love Trey Turner, and that's your biggest priority. I but who's a guy? Team. Who's a guy outside of Trey Turner? Name, like, one person in specific, you know, in specific that you would want to see the Phillies bring in for next year. Oh, man. It might be uh, Robert Suarez. I'm just thinking of, like, how dominant he was and how awful this bullpen is. I, I would love to sure that up. I, I mean, if you really want me to dream, just bringing in one of the Mets starters to sure up our rotation would be beautiful. Um, Phillies have a lot of needs. Let's not kid ourselves. There's not just one guy can be like, that would make my life so much better. Um, like you said, the shortstop market, the Phillies have to get a piece of that, whether it be Trey Turner or someone else. I would love to have Trey Turner. I get it. Might not happen. But, um, I mean, you're looking at Correa. You're looking at Bogarts. It's... They're all out there, uh, and the Phillies have to get one of them. And I have full confidence for the first time uh, in a Phillies GM because Dave Dombrowski last last season said, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to spend money, and I'm going to get you Kyle Schwarber. And everyone was like, wait, that's not who we wanted. That is not at all what we thought was going to happen. And he said, hold on. You didn't give me three more days. Now I'm going to go get Nick Castellanos. And we were all – like, it was a great move at the time. And I get that Castellanos was terrible. Um – but he brought in two sluggers when we really thought we only needed one. Um, and then he also went out and he brought in the bullpen piece. He brought in Knable, got injured. It didn't work out. He brought in um, Familia, didn't work out at all. Oh, I loved it. I love, seeing, I love seeing Jerry's Familia pitch to the Phillies. It was honestly it was awful. It, it was, was fantastic. Horrendous. And he brought in Alvarado came in last offseason, right? Yes. yes. Alvarado was already with the team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, who was the... Uh, he brought in Canable... Oh, Hand. Brad Hand. Yes, I'm sorry. Brad Hand. Completely confused that one there. Um, he brought in Brad Hand. He added a lot of uh, a lot of pieces, and I think we're... Look, it was the first year of Dave Dombrowski, and I think it was just an appetizer. Personally, I think Dombrowski gets Turner. I think he gets a few more bullpen pieces. Uh, at least one, like, you know, very high-value name uh, for the bullpen. And I think he's finally going to learn that, hey... Even though we got you know prospects coming up, Painter, Abel, we need starting pitching. That's that's what held this team back in the regular season, and especially in the playoffs. It showed we had to have bullpen games every series. That can't happen. So I, I think uh, this team has proven to Dombrowski that they can get to and move through the playoffs. And I think he's going to prove now that he's on board with that. And hey, I mean Jack and I have talked about it, and Jack has said you don't know when you're going to be back. I could be Jack. This team could be back very shortly if Dombrowski plays his cards right, which I think he's all in on, and and he builds champions. I think that's what he's going to do here. Honestly. He could, he could. Well, so, we do have to take our yep. first break of hour number one right here on the Radio Voice of Cincinnati University KR. When we come back, we will continue our discussion on MLB free agency. A lot of big names have already hit the market. More to come. We will discuss um, more Phillies and Mets stuff, but just in general, a lot of the big free agents and where they could end up going. Coming your way next, right here on the Radio Voice of Cincinnati University. KUR Cuts Down. And welcome back to Heavy Eaters right here on the Radio Voice of Cuts University, KUR Cuts Town. Mitchell, we got so caught up in our off-time discussion. Totally back on time, Jack. Yeah, totally did. I don't know did. what you're talking about. Totally did, yeah. We did it. We, we did get right back on in time. But I blame Lucas. No, it's... <laughs> okay. We have a... It was me. ...new uh, sports person interested here, Lucas, shadowing our show today. Thank you, Lucas, for coming in. New KUR member. Absolutely. If you'd like join to join KUR. KUR, our meetings are Tuesdays. At 11 a.m. in MSU room, what is it, 135? No, uh, 183. 183. That was way off. The multi-purpose room. <laughs> Don't I think listen it is. to me. So, do oh I no, know? I think it's the alumni auditorium. That's it. 
Alumni Auditorium. Yes, it is. I do know so. that. Or you could stop by our uh, our studio here. Yes, yes, you can. Pretty much any time. There's always someone. Yeah, usually. So join KUR. KUR is a great thing. Gives you many fantastic opportunities. Ones that I am so happy to be a part of, including this show. Yes, sir. Mitch, we got to get back to our MLB discussion here. Look, I think both of our teams are going to be very aggressive in the free agent market. Have to be. We know what we need to upgrade. And we mentioned how there's you know big selective free agents for both of us coming from our own teams and from other teams as well. Look, one guy I really want the Mets to pounce on, Carlos Rodon. I mean, he was fantastic mm. with the White Sox, signed with the Giants, opt out after his first year of a two-year contract. Back on the market, he's going to be a highly touted lefty pitcher. Yep. And I think the Mets would he'd, – he'd gel right in with the Mets rotation. He'd be a three. If we could bring DeGrom back, it would be DeGrom, Scherzer, Rodon. Uh, and then if you can even get Bassett back, uh, that would just make this rotation Please even better. Please do not do that. I mean, look, I would love that. No. I think Steve Cohen's going all in. The Mets have expressed so much interest all around. We already brought back Diaz with that big contract. Cohen, when he got here, said, look, he's going to go all in. He's not going to mess around. He wants to win at all costs. And the contracts he's showing out and the way he's acting is is backing up his words. And that's really what I like to see as a fan. You know, owners say that, well, you know, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to build a winning product. We're going to... You know, we're going to try to build a team that's sustainable for success, but that's not always how it goes. So uh, just to see the approach that the Mets are taking, I really like. There are a lot of key free agents, like I mentioned, but I think they're going to be able to keep this team real good and very much so in contention for a championship next year. Mitch, we mentioned Hoskins already. We mentioned Eflin. Nola's yeah. back. Well, there's we a mentioned few the possibility of Trey Turner. Um, you know, One Sarantha's big note, I'll, I'll throw you, Jack, real quick before you continue. I, yeah. I think the Phillies are in a much easier position than they were. Um, simply because one of the biggest question marks hanging over their head for like a decade has been solved, and that's center field. Like the Phillies don't even have to, you know, keep that in the back of their minds because they have Marsh now and and Veerling to complement if needed in a platoon role. And then you have the combination of Harper when he can throw again, Castellanos and Schwarber are all, you know, your corner outfielders. Like the outfield is solved for the Phillies. And I think that that's a sign of, of drastic improvement because coming into uh, last offseason, the Phillies had holes in every facet of the game to to at least have one completely shored up and the infield once you sign Trey Turner is completely shored up and you bring back Hoskins that's done uh now you're just really looking at pitching and I I think that's very it's a really good thing because it allows Dombrowski to do what you what you just mentioned he he has not done in the past and that's focus on pitching so just a quick note I'd throw in before you before you got back into the Phillies just to lay out the situation I think it's a very positive one all right I do I mean Look, I like your optimism. If you look at this lineup, it's going to be mostly the same next year. They're definitely going to try to address the shortstop spot. There's many options out there. Turner, Correa, Bogarts. We've already mentioned, you know, how many options there are. I mean, it's not just Turner. I know you like Turner. He's your favorite, and he's a very talented player in in many ways. He's great defensively. He's a guy who can hit for power, hit for contact. He's really just a five-tool player, uh, and he's great all around. Uh, But, you know, he's going to be a highly valued talent. And I think it's going to come down to a bidding war. And if look, if it's Mets versus Phillies for Turner in a bidding war, I don't see the Mets losing that. Uh, I think the Mets would gladly you may be maybe overpay to get a product to not stay away from, uh, to stay keep him away. Excuse me from their rivals. It's just I don't see if it were those two teams, I don't see any way coming and the Mets lose that. But you know, it's going to be interesting. Look, the Phillies were fourth in payroll last year. It's something not really a lot of people have talked about. Yeah. You know, the Phillies were the big underdog story. But look, they shelled out a lot of money. They passed the luxury tax for the first time under John Milton's ownership. Mm-hmm. They did things they never did before. They were more aggressive than they've ever been. 
And, you know, it paid off with a trip to the World Series, but how much more aggressive do you see this team get, especially with the, you know, uncertainty of going past that luxury tax threshold before? They're already going to be past it. They're going to have to shell up big money to get some more big names to come in here. Well, a lot of I mean, money how came more aggressive books. do we see? A lot more came off the books in Segura, in Didi, in a few uh, relievers. You know, like the uh, a lot of one-year deals came off the books here. Uh, so they're looking at it. They did, you know, free up a lot of space that they can go reinvest. Uh, I think they will be over the, the tax quite clear, like even more than last year. I mean, that's obvious. But um, I think they are going to be aggressive. I mean, that Castellanos move to me last last offseason, that was a big defining moment for this, this franchise because they don't go over the luxury tax. And they usually do just make the one move and hope it works. But they made multiple moves, like multiple big Swings. One of them paid off in the National League leader in home runs. The other was a, a flop. A dud. A, a dud. complete whiff. And if it turns around in year two, fantastic. But you have to you have to per- proceed as if it's not going to. You have to proceed and take another big swing because this team looks another big swing away. At least one. You know, you need some big arms. But I, I need someone. I need some more thump in that lineup to provide protection for Bryce Harper. Yeah. That has to happen. And look. You know, I think with Harper being healthy next year, it's going to be him and right. It's going to be Martian center, Schwarber and left, and Castellanos will be DHing. Uh, and then you have the lineup with Boma third, Stott at either second or short, depending on what the free agency turns out to be. Yep. Hoskins, I think, will be back at first, but there's no certainty there. JT will be behind the dish, and then you'll have the pitching rotation. Look, it's going to be a team that they're going to be in contention for the playoffs. I don't think they go back to the World Series next year. I mean, that would be take an incredible run. Watch out. But, Watch you know, out. look, I think they'll be in contention. Count us out again, and Jack. I, dare I will. You. Come on. I will. It's the Phillies. I mean, come what on. happened this year? It's the Phillies. Come what on. happened there? They're going to lose to the Cardinals. I don't care. Oh, they're going to get the brakes beat off them by the Braves. Did you win the World Series? Oh, the Padres are going to wipe the Did floor you win the World Series? No, but we won all I don't three care. of those other then, series. Then it means nothing. Oh, come. That means nothing. That means With nothing. With the makeup of this team? Do you really think they're going to go back to the World Series next year? They got within two wins of it. That doesn't always. Teams regress. Okay. Sure, teams regress, but teams also take further steps forward. There, there, there is a lot more room for. They made it to the World Series with Nick Castellanos hitting 13 home runs. Well, not the, hitting one since August 27th. The only way to improve is to win the World Series, and I don't see that happening. So, I don't know. I do. It could happen. I do. And I, I think I you're see just being real a little delusional fan. I no. Because I don't think the massive regression yet. The Phillies are a. Pro- I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but I don't think they're going back to the World Series. That's a bullish take. That is a bullish take. I mean, it is. Look, they proved themselves against some of the best competition in the National League. Who who's a bigger threat, the Braves? You didn't you didn't play the team that owned you this year, so the Mets. Yeah. Oh come on. So don't worry. Yeah, break. Mets are a joke. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can think what you want. It's just not true. It's just a blatant lie. A team we haven't talked about a lot on today's show, the Yankees. I oh, mean, look, yeah. look the Yankees. This. They have just about, about as an interesting. <laughs> They have about an interesting of an offseason as any team does. You know, Judge is more than likely gone in my mind. Uh, you know, what we've heard from Judge's camp and the Yankees is that these these two sides, they don't want to deal. It's, you know, Judge was really disgruntled, I think, that they didn't get it done in spring training. And I thought ever since then it was really a tough grab to get him back the Yankees organization long term. I think he's gone. I don't know where he's going to go, but I don't th- think he'll be back in New York. They just picked up Severino's option, for, uh, club option, will be back in 2023. I mean, what's the approach for the Yankees? I mean, how aggressive did they go? This is a team that got embarrassed by Houston. They got swept out of the LCS. It was like no competition. 
Astros said, yeah, we're going to go in here and we're going to beat you down pretty badly. And that's what they did. I mean, look, the Yankees' identity now is not as strong as it used to be. It's not the, we're going to go out there, we're going to you know, assert our dominance, and we're just going to be the the team that runs the league. I mean, that's just not who the Yankees are anymore. No. I'm not I mean, I'm not saying they're a bad team, but they don't got that fire that they did, you know, back with those, you know, late nineties, early two thousands teams. I mean, though those teams were incredibly well built to you know, they had clutch performers all over the field, especially in the postseason. I mean, you had Bernie Williams, uh, you know, Derek Jeter, so many great names, so many great faces that represented that organization. I mean, Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time. They just don't have those type of guys on this team right now, and they just don't have the mentality in the front office slash ownership to be able to go out there and say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend it, will we're gonna do whatever it takes." They just don't have that fire. It's it, a it, lot. It feels yeah. like the Mets are more like the Yankees than the Yankees are. Well, it feels like a lot of the culture shock that the league experienced, um, similar to like when the Patriots became terrible after two decades of just sheer dominance. We are the best team. We're going to continue to be the best team, and now they're terrible, and, and the league is still kind of. Trying to grasp that, and everyone, you know, still thinks that oh, Belichick will figure it out. They got this under control. Like, and that was, what are we on year three of this of this discussion? And it's finally starting to be resolved. I mean, we just have to look at what the Yankees are, and that is just not a, not a really good baseball team, a, a decent baseball team, but not a really good one. And I think they're in the, I think they're about to have a real regression here um, from getting swept in the in the ALCS. I think it's going to get worse. I don't think they're in the ALCS next season. I, I could I could definitely agree with you there. Good, but not great. I mean, look, they have a um, stand has been good, but there's a lot of money tied up there. I mean, Bader's good. That was a good trade. They're going to bring him back. They're going to give him a decent a decent chunk of change. But you know, Rizzo, he's a free agent. I think he'll be back. But look, IKF's not the answer at shortstop. Josh Donaldson, that trade was horrific. He performed <laughs> terribly for the team. Could not have done a worse trade in my mind. He could have put in anyone at third base, and he would have done better than Donaldson did. Glaber's good, but he's, you know, he makes some timely errors. I mean, you saw some bad defensive plays in the playoffs. The bat wasn't really great. Trevino had a good season behind the dish, the best season of his career. He stepped up, and in the postseason, bat wasn't there. Bat wasn't there. And then on the pitching side of things, I mean, look, outside of Garrett Cole, no one in the starting rotation pitched miraculously. I mean, Nestor was good, but then he got hurt in game four. Payne hits the three-run home run. That's the series. And then in the bullpen, they were so banged up. But out of the options available, Wandy Peralta was good. Loisega pitched better, but, you know, Clay Holmes took a massive regression come the second half of the season. It's, there's a lot of question marks with this Yankees team. Chapman wasn't on the LCS roster because he didn't want to do a mandatory workout. They have a lot of money tied up in a roll. This, uh, the Yankees situation, it's just not that good right now. I mean, where do they go? This front office has a lot of things to, to address. Cashman, some fans don't want him back. I think that's a little foolish because he's just had such a good track record. I think he'll be fine. You know, Boone, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Boone's got what it takes to take this team to the promised land. I, really I don't. definitely don't think so. I don't think he does. I mean, he's made some pretty bad decisions. It's like, okay, what are you thinking here? He's a really good players manager. He sticks up for his guys, and that's a really great thing. But in terms of making some decisions in the, in, in the managerial side of things, some bad, bad, untimely choices made by Boone, I think he's got to go. I think that's the first step to trying to get this team back to where they need to be. And it's a, it's a shame because Boone's a guy who has history with the organization. Of course, he had that big home run in Game 7 against the Red Sox, center of the World Series. You know how the story goes. But, yeah, I just don't think Boone's that guy anymore. I don't. I think they got to move on, find a different path, and the Yankees can really bring any manager they want. I mean, they are the Yankees at the end of the day. We're talking about this culture change. We're talking about this culture shock. But, look, as long as that, you know, the Yankees logo is still on the jersey and yeah. they, they still have that brand. They're the most iconic brand in baseball. And, yeah, I just don't. 
where's the assertiveness from this team? I really need to find that. There's no, or it feels like there's no urgency with this team. It feels like they're content with being a staple playoff team, but not winning championships. And that's just not who the Yankees have been. No, the Yankees, you know, they tout their 27 rings, you know. They, they, yeah, fans flex it all the time. That's that's what they are. They're a championship team, and right now that's just not at all what they are. I mean, hell, the Phillies got back before they did. Um, so uh, you're exactly right. Everything you just said is accurate. The Yankees really need to search for a new identity and, and find and It's going to take a lot of rollover. I think this is a good thing for them that there's so much to address because they, they need to shake it up. They need to kind of, you know, do a little bit of a, a Yankee reboot here. So... That's the, I mean, it's a problem with the Yankees. There's so much going on, but I think I think it could be a strength uh, a few years down the road here. It could be. The Braves made a trade. I was trying to find it. It's a minor trade. It's not like a okay. one that you jump out the chart and say, whoa, that's a big pickup. I got Sam Hilliard from the Rockies, who's an outfielder. Okay. I'm trying to f- uh, find the post to see where they gave up for him. John Heyman uh, posted on Twitter, one of the great writers, uh, you know, for the New York Post that gets a lot of the big, you know, deals out there and breaks the news pretty soon so yeah it's just about the braves man yeah we can talk about atlanta for a little bit for a second break look i mean where do they go lds so much locked up already got dismantled from the foundation yeah and it's not like they're gonna go anywhere i mean we we mentioned this course they got riley locked up pretty much everyone in the lineups locked up except for swanson when we'll see where he goes he's gonna be another big shortstop in the market that i didn't mention already but at the end of the day i think his heart lies in atlanta he's been such a good player for the braves i think they'll find a way to keep him around but yeah, I mean, where where do they go? The bullpen was great. I think starting pitching is going to be the market where the Braves go crazy in. They have Max Reed, they have Spencer Strider, but look, Charlie Morton's aging. He's, he's old. He's awful. close. He's, he's close to retiring, pitch. and he's not good anymore. I mean, it's just, he's he's a guy who is just past his time. Tim and Syndergaard, they're the they're the same. He's past the time. Yeah. Morton was good, but now it's you know you got to go. You got to go. Uh, you know they have options internally, but look, you know Kyle Wright stepped up big this year. That's a guy I didn't mention, but really, you know your your rotation's headlined by Freed. Right and Strider, all guys from within. You got to go out there and get that guy though. Like get another four, get a solid staple four guy. Uh, and the Braves could be right back at it. They're not going to go anywhere. Nope. Uh, no, no one's panicking. Uh, you know, I pose the question: Where do the Braves go? I think they go right to the starting pitching market for free agency. That's where they go, and that's where they upgrade because, see, that's really that's where they really need it the most. I mean, Kenley Jansen was a good closer for them. Back into the bullpen was decent, so maybe they get you know maybe they get enticed by another bullpen arm. But really, I think the Braves' upgrades come through pitching, not through hitting. So. Yeah, Mitch. Uh, it's disappointing though because they are so locked up. I know. I want to see the Braves free fall. Like the like the playoff picture for the NL next year. It's going to be it's I think a lot so of the same similar. teams. It's going to be the Dodgers, the Mets, Phillies, Braves, uh, and then probably the Cardinals or Brewers in the Central. And then you throw in another West team like San Diego. I don't see the Padres going anywhere. So it's going to be a very similar NL playoff picture. I think for years to come in the NL. Yeah, which is it's really weird. But you just outlined the, the seven teams basically: Dodgers and Padres from the West. Uh, Cardinals or Brewers. I think it's going to be the same situation every year where the wild card teams are, you know, ahead of both of those. Um, and the wild card teams are going to come from the East in the, in the combination of Phillies, Braves, and Mets. It's, yeah. I mean, what else is there? Who who else in this conference? I mean, if yeah, if you look, the Nationals won't be there for a while. No, no. You got the Cubs. Same with the Marlins. Same with the, uh, yeah, Marlins slowly, but they're not going to be there next year. Not at all. You got... In the Central, I mean, the Pirates are taking steps forward, not going to be in playoff contention. Reds, same deal. Cubs, man, we don't really know what they're going to be. They're average, but they're not a playoff contending team. I mean, I think the only other team at West that's got even a shot could be the Giants, Giants. but that's if they make a big play in free agency. If they land Judge and they, you know, bring in some other, bring in some more pitching. But even then, I don't know. Like, they, they got to do a lot more. The Rockies are nowhere close to there. I think a very intriguing team is the Diamondbacks. They have a young core. Yeah. They have a lot of star prospects that are coming up. They have some good pitching. Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly. 
that's a team, I think, if you're looking at a team in the NL as a sleeper team who's going to take a big step forward either next year or the year after, in the, in the short-term future, I think Arizona's going to be a team to look out for out in the West to contend with the Padres in terms for a wild-card spot. I think it's the only option. second in the West. I think, yeah, I think they really. could be the Guardians of this year. You Maybe. Know what I mean? Maybe. That so. is certainly a possibility. Well, we do have to take our final break of hour number one here on Heavy Hitters. When we come back, wrapping up our MLB discussion and shifting our focus to NFL Week 9 thoughts. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more coming your way next. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KU are Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley Yo. sitting to my left here. Mitch, what wonder, wonderful weather we've got here in November. I mean, Wonderful weather we're having. Yes. Uh, no, I... Um I had to crank up on my. I'm a country guy. Uh, everyone knows that by now. Yeah. Uh, so I had to crank up some Josh Nichols sunny and 75 because the forecast today was sunny yeah. and 75 in it November. Is. I know what is going on. It is going to take a dip back down to normal temperatures oh, so yeah. later this week. We're going to get back into the the 40s and the 50s. But yeah, man, it's uh, I'm loving it's it nice weather. It feels like late yeah. September out here, ex- except we're in early November. So yeah, I'm I mean, said, look it feels at this. like May. Like I just I feel like it does. I should be getting ready for like Memorial Day. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's an interesting time, you know, not just in sports, but with a lot of the world events going on and the weather here here in Kutztown. But Mitch, we have to shift our focus. Not really much else to talk about in the MLB realm. We will, uh, you know, keep you posted. Just a lot of sadness. Oh, sadness to the Philly side, but man, free agency very exciting. Who's gonna go where? We're really only at just the beginning, and Wednesday we'll hopefully have some updates. Yeah, because that could be. Fun. You know, the next couple weeks are really an interesting time. You shift to the MLB offseason. NFL is already in the height of the season. College football the same. Well, we're getting towards the end of the college football season. We'll get to that in the second hour. A lot of games to talk about. But NFL-wise, Eagles 8-0. We know the story. Eagles are undefeated, baby. They they beat the Texans. They continue to take advantage of their strength of schedule being poor, but not discounting the Eagles' success. Trap game what? Trap game? 29-7. Someone say look, trap game? No one, no one calls the Texans a trap game. No, a lot of people did. Who? In the last two weeks, man. Who? Everybody. Everybody who? Uh, I've heard it from uh, the Texas national are, analysts. I've heard one, it from five local and one. folks. Oh, this is a trap game. You're yes, going in to play Houston. it's been said. You're going everyone, in the... Everyone keeps saying, well, the Eagles, they can't just keep winning. They're no, gonna keep winning, they, dude. they can't just keep beating the Texans. No way. You think they're going to beat the Commanders? Uh, yeah. It's Giants? Washington. No, nah, I think the Giants put up a good fight. Oh my goodness! Giants put up a good fight. Giants are terrible. It's divisional rivals. Giants man. are look. Even when the Giants were a dumpster fire, they kept it close against the Eagles more times than not. And we always, you know, pulled miracle victories out of the air because you were better. Because you were better. Because yeah. you were better. Look at those Giants teams. They it were terrible. Good. Philadelphia. They wins were it. terrible. Now the Giants actually have a competent coaching staff. You do? Yeah. Where? I mean, I haven't seen one. Do you, do you see how this roster is 6-2? This guy, you're talking to a Giants fan to, to your right here, buddy. Oh, he you're is? Outnumbered. I didn't know that. Oh, no. You're outnumbered, buddy. Oh, that's he, disastrous. He's on the good side. And by the way, the Texans cover. Linda in here. You said, uh, you said on uh, the Wednesday show that the Eagles would win, Eagles would cover. It wouldn't be close. Texans actually covered, buddy. What was the spread? Minus 14. <laughs> and it was, what, 29-17. That's a 12-point game, my friend. Wow. They okay. covered. Wasn't close, though. Good teams win, great teams cover. Is that what goes? No, 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 no. Maybe in college. So college is a different game, Jack. This doesn't matter how how many you win; it matters that you. Well, win. Well, for the Texans, who are such a it's dumpster over a fire, ten point victory that, like, in the NFL. That's a big margin. Come on, what are you talking about? Well, let's run through some stats. Jalen Hurts continues to look efficient, taking against steps forward. Like every fiber of my being. 
Jalen Hurts continues to Yeah, impress. well established that Mitch is a Jalen Hurts <laughs> hater. Mitch can't stand Jalen Jalen Hurts is hated by Mitchell Smedley. This is like, you know, because when Carson was here, I was all in on Carson, bro. And I don't now, understand why you hate Jalen so this much. This is like the complete opposite. You get some success. You're 8-0, like, and you despise the quarterback. Make it make sense. All of my love for Jalen was, like, donated to Carson, even when he was absolutely awful. And and now there's just none left over. Yeah, and yet you have a quarterback who's efficient. You know what it is. Jack? Doesn't turn it over. You know what it is. It's and I'm loves waiting. playing for the Eagles. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Okay, we got like 13 games of this from Carson. We're only on game eight from Jalen. Just wait. It'll happen. He's gonna start throwing pick after pick because he's gonna think he's invincible. Run zigzags all across the field, and then oh, and it's intercepted for the fourth time today. There's your, there's your negativity coming out again. I think you got some Philly negativity left over here. I was for your just, Eagles. I was just, I just had my face ripped off in the World Series. And if allow you think, me to be a little negative, today. I mean, excuse look, me, look, Mitch. If you think a twelve point win's a big margin, did you see what the Bengals did yesterday? <laughs> did I see? I was. Chilling at um, the Bengals demolished. I never say I was chilling. I was at South, uh, the South Dining Hall, uh, hanging out with two of my friends. One of which, a Joe uh, Mixon fantasy manager. <laughs> I had to play. I had to play against him. Oh no! T- sad times. Instant loss. Yeah, it really was. That was for those. Well, I'm actually know. not done yet. I'm not done yet. No way. Lamar needs to get me 36. If and if I win. I not win. out of the realm. No, of it's not. If Joe Mixon puts a fifty-four and I win, I'd go to eight and one. Man, that would be what a time to be alive. Really, what a time to be alive. Exactly. I need, uh, and for me to win, I need. What am I down? I'm down one forty-two to seventy-five. So that's forty-seven oh points. And I need the combination. I need forty-seven points from the combination of Jawan Johnson and Will Lutz. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> and Jawan Johnson, his fourth his touchdown fourth of the game. Touchdown. Oh my god! And goodness. Will Lutz for his fifth. I would endorse. I would endorse a shootout in New Orleans. <laughs> I would love make that. it forty-eight forty-five. <laughs> Don't care who wins. Just as long as Kenyon Drake has six rushing touchdowns. No, no, no. They can all be passing touchdowns. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Yes, 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 yes. I yes. need to see misery from you on no. Wednesday. I need wow. misery. Avid, Mitch is avidly rooting for my demise. I'm advocating for people to have terrible days. Let it to be known. Uh, Mitch, Mitch just, Mitch you hates when other people same. are happy. You did the same. You said you couldn't wait for the Phillies to lose. Yeah, so I could stop hearing you ranting about the Phillies every time. Not because I wanted to see you be yeah, mad. Yeah, I want to hear you stop ranting about your one-loss fantasy team. Because I had one, and then this week I had to play the undefeated team while Christian McCaffrey was on a bye, and Mike Evans got hurt mid-game, and Mark Andrews got hurt, and everything went wrong! Well, now I'm sad. Well, it's okay for this week. You can get back to winning next no, week, No, I still am going to have a two-game lead in my division exactly. with about five weeks exactly. left. Exactly. So I should be, be okay. What's there to be sad about? Panic is not advised, although it is recommended. Well, Eagles go to 8-0. They play Washington on Monday night. We'll preview Washington. that on Washington. Wednesday show. Eagles favored by 10.5 early uh, point spread for that. So another double-digit projected win for the Philly, for the Philly team. Yeah, for the Philly team. So, uh, Dude, it is going to be... I mean, the Eagles are on a single team, like, revenge quest to make up for all that Philly has lost. I mean, we lost two major championships on the same day. Only Sports City to ever have that happen. Hey, I know. I'm so depressed. Honestly, okay, so funny. Well, not not funny. I don't even get into soccer, and I was glued to the TV. Misery, misery. So, uh, (laughs) I don't, yeah, so I'm not going to disclose, but this guy that I know uh, big Union and big Philly fan oh, lost on the same day. Tough, tough. Oh man, I feel his pain, bro. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, tough day for that guy. Tough day. I feel the pain. Tough day. Well, we do have a quick message from the choke K job or by notebook. the union, though. <laughs> really, that was bad. In the um, final minutes, like that against ten players. Yeah, Come extra on. time. My voice is squeaking, Jack. Everything. Extra time, man. Awful. Oh, we'll what get we'll get to it in a minute. Read the notebook. Attention, KU students. Have you heard about KU Bears grant funding? The purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty and student research pairs over the summer. The goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary skill set to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about KU Bears grant funding, please visit www.kutztown.edu slash UGRC and look under Grants and Sponsored Projects. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. Welcome back to Aviators, everybody. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley. Mitchell Smedley, who is, uh, you know, what the good, the one good thing about this, this loss in the World Series is, Jack, is my what? vocal cords can finally go through some rehab. I, I've, lost my usual, Monday. I've lost my usual baritone. Yeah, until Monday, when the Eagles get back. On. Oh, dude, that's a full week away. Come exactly. on, I will, dude. Yeah, you'll be well rested. I'm going to be, be upgraded well from questionable to likely within a matter of days. Dude. You'll, you'll be screaming again for the next couple shows. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be nothing but pure unfiltered. Well, I can't say unfiltered, but pure <laughs> chaos. And there he is. He's he's coughing. <laughs> he's so excited. Go. Eureka. Well, okay. So you've seen my improvement though from Saturday night because I yeah. called Jack. Mid inning, mid inning, mid inning after, after the, the Alvarez, after the Alvarez home, run. home run, Mitch you, called me in a state all of the raw reaction because yeah. I was just watching with one of my one of my roommate's friends. It was a very empty room, and yeah. uh, Jack, uh, I, I kind of unloaded on Jack a little bit. I, I put all my stress on him. Yeah, he put For all. That, his I'm sorry, buddy. That phone call. No, it was funny. You got to admit the uh, the improvement here. Yes. It's been uh, it's been cleaned up. It's FCC oh, friendly now. Hundred percent, massive improvements. Better. Massive improvements from Saturday's a fraction of the decibel level. Mitch, if that aired, you oh, would. <laughs> you we would need some be, lost footage yeah, on the Instagram. Would, no, 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 no. You would be. Uh, <laughs> I'd be out of a job for the rest of my life. Yeah, you would. Yeah, not not in the field you want to get into. So uh, <laughs> throwing things around the apartment while I'm yelling. <laughs> was, oh my god, it was quite the sight to behold. Yes, it was. We're gonna get back to our NFL discussion though. Chargers, Falcons, 2017 was the final score. Mitch, uh, you're your good friend. You're good friend. Falcons oh, yeah. fan. Loyal listener to the show. Uh, they lost. He's texting me about the Braves, so I know he's listening. So uh, Yeah, they lost. I, uh, he he was starting to get on me about the Phillies and stuff. And um, Nice. And then I, I texted him. I was like, because uh, he also you know, said something about the union and how awful that was. He didn't even think I was watching it. Yeah, surprise. I was watching. Gareth Bale. <clears throat> but, uh. You know, I, I said, you know what? It's odd. I don't remember seeing the uh, Atlanta MLS team or the uh, Atlanta MLB team on Saturday at all. I don't remember seeing them. And um, well, actually, Atlanta United did win the MLS Cup a couple years not, ago. Not, not, not this, not this weekend. No, didn't happen. Neither, I didn't see did them there, Philly. Jack. I mean, Philly had it. Hey, I mean, the Union were, I know. were closer I'm than well the Phillies were. I'm aware of the situation. I mean, and then just to. Well, I was shorthanding goal like that. That is just the most Philly thing to do. But anyway, moving on. And then I also say, hey, and uh, how about those division-leading Falcons? You know, which <laughs> How about it? How about, how about it? How about them big, how about bad, them Falcons? How about them big, bad Atlanta Falcons? Redbirds oh, down there. Mariota, man. He's still underrated. 
Still underrated? <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, get owned. Sorry, sorry, Chris. Sorry, yeah, man. Not, I, had to, I had to give it hey, to you. Hey, if there's anyone in this, Chris, Chris ain't no softy. He can no, I'm, he's, hey, he's a great guy. Did I say he was? No. No. Hey, Mario, Mario. You need to man. apologize. He's the one that made the bad take. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. 129 yards, can't throw a touchdown. I mean, he didn't turn it over. That's a good thing, at that's, least, that's right? That's a positive. Positive. Look at you, shining a light. 129 on yards total, but could not throw a touchdown. They didn't turn it over. Look, that's what he is. Mario is a game manager who can use his legs to create space in open field at times. And that's just that's the height of him. He will never be sniffing a top 15 quarterback in the league position at this point. Uh, he's just kind of a stopgap quarterback to Atlanta against their franchise guy. You know something, Jack? And there's no contention. I remember one of my one of my like childhood memories that has just stuck with me through sports is being on a school bus ride home, right, in like fifth grade or something. <laughs> and a false report came out before the before the draft or something that like the Eagles traded up and they were gonna get Marcus Mariota. Like it was a it was a fake report. But all the guys, right, were convinced that it was real, like in the back of the bus and they start screaming, We got Mariota! We got Mariota Right. Wait, everyone in fifth grade had Twitter? I, I don't know how it got out, but, like, people were texting it and stuff. My school was weird. I'm, I guarantee you people had t- Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. Fifth graders stuff. using Twitter. Yeah, you know, I mean. That's not a good thing. That's how it goes. Muscle cracked down on it, right? <laughs> Anyways, so everyone's freaking out, right? Because we thought he was going to lead us to a Super Bowl. And then we were all crushed when it came out that it was false. And now looking back, that just seems so stupid. Because we got our Super Bowl. And look at Mariota now. Have fun, Atlanta. Enjoy it. Did you really upgrade from Matt Ryan? Nah, it's not great. But they're four and five. They're still in the race. Uh, they're still here. Gross. They're still here. So was Tom Brady. They took the division lead back with the win over the Rams. So we'll get to that game. Tom Brady looks awful. And now we're number two. Yeah, he does not look good. He looks so bad. I saw him throw a deep ball yesterday intended for Mike Evans. Man, that thing was so wobbly. It was underthrown. I'm throw like, so a hot. I saw him throw a hospital ball to Mike Evans that almost made me have an aneurysm. So rough. Rough, rough goings for Tampa Bay. We'll get there. Dolphins beat the Bears in a thrill, 35-32 at Soldier Field. That turned into a really good game. Tua. Tua and the Dolphins when Tua's not concussed. They are 6-0 when Tua starts games when he's not leaving with head injuries. I'm so over the story. 21-30, oh, 302, three touchdowns. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle continue to carve up opposing defense, especially Tyreek Hill, the Cheetah. 143 and a touchdown. Waddle, 85, got in the end zone. And the newcomer, Jeff Wilson, got in the end zone with a receiving touchdown. How about that? trade? Making a little bit of early dividends. Yeah, Dolphins look good. Bradley Chubb didn't really play in this game. At, I mean, he did, but didn't really make a big impact. But, yeah, Dolphins, they are cementing themselves right in this playoff race. The AFC East has all of a sudden become one of the best divisions uh, in football. So interesting. Bill 6-2, Jets 6-3, and Dolphins 6-3. and They all are right there competing for the top. And the Bills are 0-2 in the division, lost to Miami, and now this past weekend lost to the Jets. How about that shocker? My goodness. but I, And their to, rumblings, Josh Allen has a arm injury. Ooh. We'll keep you posted on that. To touch on the Dolphins, I'm not convinced. I'm out on Tua. I'm not convinced by the defense. So Mitch's jury's out on Tua. I am out on Tua. Tua is guilty of being a fraud. How about this? Dolphins make the playoffs, and, it, and they make the AFC Championship game. Wow. They don't make the Super Bowl, but they make the AFC Championship game. How okay. about that? I think and Tua throws I, four picks I'm a, I'm a in the believer. AFC Championship. I am a believer in the Dolphins. We are on opposite camps in this one. I think the Dolphins are for real. They're legit. Why? They got a good coach. Mike McDaniel's doing good things down there. Tua's got confidence. He's got, they got two, two incredible receivers. receivers. Two incredible Jinx. receivers. Yeah, Jinx. They got Mostert and Wilson. They have a deep backfield. This team's got weapons. Two mediocre running backs is a deep backfield. 
they're guys who can make damage, though. Mostert's look good. Remember Mostert in that SF offense a couple years ago when they uh, went to the Super Bowl? I mean, he was electric. I guess. He, I he's looked pretty good. I feel like Mostert is so on the decline. Wilson doesn't impress me. I'm not me. saying Mostert's a guy who you know blows you out of the water. It's like, wow, Raheem Mostert, he's like a star running back. But no, I mean, he's, he's good enough. He's good enough, and especially splitting with Jeff Wilson, those two guys, two SF guys, and you have an SF coach, Mike McDaniel, came over from the 49ers. They brought guys in who are familiar with the system. They like to run. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing it pay off a little bit. They're getting in the end zone. They're making some big plays when they need them to. So Unfortunately, they will good. be in the playoffs. They and, will be. Uh, it might not right be as a wild card. Maybe not. Look at this. Jets you know, and Dolphins? If, Jets and Dolphins with the division? What a world are we living in? I mean, this is just so weird, isn't it? I mean, Absolutely. How about the East divisions, though? I mean, cranking Crazy. it up right AFC now. AFC East, NFC East are incredible. We do have to step aside. We'll be back for hour number two talking NFL and shifting into college football. Stay with us right here on Heavy Hitters. Okay, you are cuts down. Mitch, we are back. What if I wanted to do that, Jack? What if I wanted to bring us in? Well, you Hour number two, like I usually do. Well, you should have communicated that to me. <laughs> Are you saying we have communication issues in our relationship? Yes. No, I'm just, yeah. We need to figure it out. I'll turn my uh, my Phillies therapy into couples therapy. <laughs> We're looking for suggestions if you know anyone. Please. Uh, not, not me. I'm going to take my name out of this just for Mitch, not nah, me. Jack needs it. We need to sort out our... We can't run from our problems, Jack. No, but we can. This is an important thing. It's really not that the, serious. The show is suffering because it's not, of it. It's not that serious. Heavy Hitters is a worse it's, off it's show not, when we have it, tension. It's not that serious. You have to express your feelings. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. No, but, for real though, express your feelings. By uh, by that I mean if there is a take you have or a thing you like about the show, something you don't like, or if you just want to say, yo, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can reach out to our Heavy Hitters Instagram account. Which is uh, definitely something I remember. At Heavy Hitters KU on. <laughs> okay. Heavy Hitters KU on Instagram. Like we always say, uh, like Mitch really nailed it on the head. I know? do. Did you see how smooth that transition takes? was? Yeah. Mm. I mean, check it out. Also, check, you out it, KU, also check out KUR's Instagram at KUR1670. Yes. For more information about the club, shows, and events going yeah. on around campus we do have a take i i mentioned to you prior uh to the to the break there or during the break i mean uh but uh coming from atlanta we have uh the take that william Contreras is better than edwin diaz based on the fact that the braves went further into the playoffs keep in mind they won equally as many playoff games by the way one so yeah do with that. What I don't you know who will. this guy thinks he is. <laughs> I think he's a, uh, a guy who, who trying is to get under your skin. There. Who's this guy? I love this guy. He's uh, he's awesome. He needs to. He needs to. Best Braves down. fan there is. No, no. Which isn't you know the bar's not very high in that situation. Yeah, he's it's a Braves fan. He's on. obviously doing something very wrong with his life. <laughs> he made some poor choices. Yeah. He, he also needs. He's to also be, a Falcons fan. Maybe, poor choices. Maybe he needs to be a part of our therapy session. Maybe he's he's hurting. Twenty eight to three scarred him forever, and he needs to talk about it. And I I think he should open up. He should, he should. Yes. So, anyways, if you do have uh, any other any other thoughts, any other takes, feel free to reach out. We would love to hear them. What's our next game, Jack? We are rolling on. We are wrapping up our thoughts about the Dolphins and the Bears. But after that, we have Bengals Panthers. Joe Mixon. Ooh. We mentioned it a little Ooh. bit earlier. I mean, man. Whew. Carving up the Panthers' defense. Four rushing touchdowns. He gets in with a receiving touchdown. I mean, it was the day of Joe Mixon. Wreaking havoc on the Panthers' defense. 153 on the ground on 22 carries. That's seven yards a pop. 
Yeah, Joe Mixon, uh, he said not today, Carolina. He said not so oh, fast. Five of the six touchdowns. Goodness. I mean, whew, whew. Joe, calm down there. You bro. don't see something like that very often. I mean, Camara on Christmas comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I can't remember another another day like that. That was just insane. Insane. Joe, so. Joe, take it easy. You didn't need to do that. I'm playing against you. I'm so man. taking that clip out of context. You didn't need to do that. You didn't need to do that. Joe. <laughs> but he did it. Bengals, they dominated. They did. Uh, They're 5-4. and four. Yeah. They are now right there. Uh, Quite the rebound. Pace, trying to keep pace with the, the Ravens, but Bengals doing themselves no favors. They're 5-4, and four, but three of their losses are in division. So they're 0-3. They've lost to the Steelers, Browns, and Ravens. All of them they've lost to it once. They still have three more division games, so if they go 3-3, three and three, they give themselves a shot. But the Ravens are 2-0 and oh, uh, with wins over the Bengals and the Browns. So you right know, now, Cincinnati's not putting themselves in a good position. Yeah, it's really... Uh... I mean, that Steelers loss, how ugly does that look now? Yeah, I mean, that looks bad. And I also saw another thing that was... Um, no, he missed it! Oh, he missed it badly! Yeah. Iron Eagle. Um, I saw another thing. This came... Uh, I think it was a TikTok I saw. Uh, so it must be accurate. Yeah. but it, uh, It's on the internet. All of the uh, all of the Panthers' opponents, after playing the Panthers, whether oh, they saw win this. or lose, have lost the next week. Yep. To the point where it included the Browns when they had that Jets comeback against them. Yep. How crazy is that? Even after a bye week, the next game is a loss. I mean, I think that's hilarious. So look at who do the who do the Bengals play next? They got the uh I knew this at some point. Now I forget. But uh look for the Bengals to take an L in at Pittsburgh, Sunday night. Oh. Oh, that would be Mega ugly. That means they get swept by Pittsburgh in the season that series. That would be in prime and, time. Baby. And 0-4 in the division. Oh, Yikes. man. Yikes. Does the pattern continue? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Cincinnati. That means you got to be a wild card team. I'm not sure they're good enough to do that right now. I mean, they're 5-4, and four, but... Bengals, wake up! I don't like this. Yeah, it's... Uh, that Did is I a really very just quote interesting that? pattern. Why would I do that? That's such an interesting pattern. It's... I love like it's really mind-boggling. I love stats that don't matter like that at those all. Those obscure you know, you see those, stats, like, those stupid correlations in life. Like I don't know, like the Phillies and the and the recessions. Yeah, you know, they do like, correlate. I know to a T. Now we won't see one exactly. So you know, you're welcome. We that. sacrificed our happiness in the city of Philadelphia for some economic prosperity. Yeah, woo! Let's go. Cause America, I choose I choose economic prosperity over the Phillies winning all day. Every day. I don't know which one I would rather. <laughs> I would much rather economic prosperity. How much? Uh, what? What would be the price you'd pay for a Mets World Series win? How much economic suffering? What? How much economic suffering would you uh, accept for a Mets uh, World Series? Win? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Are we talking like? Like just a recession? Are we talking the Great Recession or the Great Depression? Like, well, obviously none are ideal. No, no, no. I'm not saying they all. <laughs> they're all terrible things for the country, uh, and terrible. I do not wish any of them. And I would never want people to lose their jobs or their money or anything. Um, knowing that, though, <laughs> knowing <laughs> how much how much <laughs> suffering would you want spewed across the land? <laughs> oh man, ooh, this is tough. <laughs> just give me give me the Great Recession, I guess. I don't know. I'm just smack dab in the middle. The great Recession. Okay. Yeah. So you I don't want know. I don't Obama know. administration America? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Just look, I just want the Mets to win. I mean, right, exactly. <laughs> just give it the Mets to win. So that's all I'm asking for. Hey, they won. Well, we oh, do have a message. Bye, Buckner. Yeah, that 86, man. Yeah. We're going back way, way back. That's Zach Ertz. 86. <laughs>
Oh my, oh my. Quick message from the KU Arnold Extension KU community. The Kutztown Folk Music Society's 2022-2023 season continues on Friday night, February 10th, with a performance by Hannah Violet. The terrific leader of the Hannah Violet Trio, her beautiful voice, whether on guitar or fiddle, will really draw your attention. There may even be a surprise guest musician. The performance takes place at St. Paul's UCC, which is located at 47 South White Oak Street in Kutztown. Doors open at 6 p.m. and the performance begins at 7.30 p.m. The parking and the entrance to the church are at the rear in the alley. Admission for adults is a $9 donation, while children 12 and under can attend for free. Food and drink will not be served. For more information, you can contact Keith Brinsenhoff at 484-336-9639 or St. Paul's UCC at 610-683-3393. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Coastal University. K. you are getting back to heavy hitters. I got to go see some fiddle there, Jack, man. NFL discussion. NFL discussion. Moving on from our antics, talking about yeah. teams winning championships at the expense of... Let it be known, Jack would sacrifice a Mets World Series for a Great Recession level economic crisis. Put an asterisk on that. Can the Mets <laughs> win without economic crisis, please? That's the and ideal scenario. Ideal world. But life works in strange ways. Well, for the Phillies winning a championship, it does. Yes. Not for the Mets. But it's been a while since the Mets have won one, so... Quite some time, Ch- Change man. that. Please, Mets, can Quite you change that? Time. Give me happiness in my Coming life. Coming up on 40 years here. Yeah, stop that. I really hate the way that sounds. Uh, <laughs> Lions, Packers, 15-9. Detroit wins. Aaron Rodgers falls. Three picks. Aaron Rodgers. What, what happened? happened? Yeah, tough sliding for Green Bay. They've now dropped five in a row. Started with the Giants. Let it be known the Giants started the Packers' demise. In London, Take that, right? Green Bay. Yes, in London. Take that, Green Bay. Take that. Now, 3-6, and six, Aaron Jones did lead this game hurt. He should be fine for Week 10. Uh, I saw a report earlier today, nothing serious, that the x-ray showed. That's very positive. Aaron Jones, please be healthy. I need you not only for my fantasy team, but you know injuries are always an awful thing, no matter who it is. I uh, never like to see those types of things, so glad that it was nothing serious and you avoided being out for the remainder of the season. But, however... Lions are two and six. They get their first divisional win. It's like, man, what is going on with Rodgers and Green Bay? Remember when everyone was hyped about this Lions team? And I called it. I said they were awful. And I have been validated. Oh, they're bad. They're terrible. They're bad. They're so bad, Jack. And I love it. Why? Because A, I don't like Detroit. And B, I was right. And what are the what Lions else ever, matters in How life do you not like the Lions? Being, how do I not like the Lions? What have they know. ever done to you? Um, well, so my sister went to the Snow Bowl. Uh, my sister and my dad went to the Snow Bowl back in like 2013. Mm-hmm. And she said that Lions fans threw snowballs back at Eagles fans that were throwing them at the Lions. Good. So, yeah, which you would think. But I took offense to that. I'm like, you're a player. You should have more dignity. And you shouldn't hurt. Nah, fans. equal, equal. It's equal fairness, No, I know. Man. I know it is. But I just love to hate the Lions. Why? Um, they're, they're the most irrelevant team. No, I know. But I also have a vivid memory of... Um, 2019 season, uh, we had like that big win against the at the time Redskins to open the season, and then I think we lost to like who did we lose to in week two? But we came home, and I like I remember this day very vividly. Like I made like a plate of food. I got up like I, at that time in my life, I was getting up like after like two o'clock on weekends and stuff. So I got up for the game, technically early for me, 
but I like made food and I had like everything set up. I was I was like so excited to watch the Eagles game and it was the Lions, so we were gonna win. And then the opening kickoff was returned for a touchdown and the Eagles never had a chance. Although that was the day I made one of the greatest fantasy manager decisions ever. I played Nelson Aguilar because of my rece- receiver injuries and it won me the game. There you go. See how vivid my memories are. Jay? W. Look at this. Spam W for Mitchell's fantasy decisions <laughs> in 2019. Yeah, that team, by the way, had three wins the entire season, but that was one of them. There you go. That was one of them. There you go. <laughs> oh, so man. I hate the Lions in short. Well, they win. They're two and six. Golf goes for one thirty-seven, two touchdowns. They do just enough. Jamal Williams goes for eighty-one on the ground, and they're headlined by Amon Rossi and Brown for fifty-five through the air. Nothing the really sun god right there. Yeah, nothing really uh, phenomenal in the statistical category. But the Lions get out a greasy, grinded out kind of W, and they take down their rivals in Green Bay, and that always leads to big time bragging rights. Good for you, Detroit. Way to get on the board with a win. Speaking of a team that is uh, porous, we're gonna go up to New England and talk about the. Colts. <laughs> That's an odd word to use. Yeah, well, they are. Frank Reich's been fired, and as the Colts' struggles continue, they're 3-5-1. and one. They lose 26-3 to three at the hands of the Patriots. Sam Ellinger goes for 103, no touchdowns, one pick. Mac Jones, again, he's really, I don't think, he's nothing special. He's a terrible quarterback. You can say it. He's yeah, a bad He's not good. He's not good. 147 to touchdown. Not as bad as Davis Mills. My but... guy, Ramondre Stevenson, goes for 60 on the ground, gets 10 in the touchdown through the air. Not the greatest day, but he gets in the end zone. Helps my fantasy team out. Uh, New England, they find ways to win. They're not a great team, but they just find ways to win under Belichick. They are 5-4, and big-time home win. Upcoming for the Patriots is a big test in the Jets, who they've already yeah. made this year. Yeah, big game up This division there. is so weird. It is really weird. So odd. This no goes, one's out of it. No, not at all. It's it's almost like the Even uh, New England. NFC East, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if the Eagles were well, running uh, away with it. Would you it, say you the know? commanders are in it? No, I would not. Exactly. But record-wise, they're not out of it. Record-wise, they're not bad. But, yeah. like, all four of these teams have a shot at the division, which is crazy. I know. It's crazy. It's really weird to think about, especially if Allen is shaken up. Um, but the Patriots, like I said— Case uh, Keenum time. Oh, God. I'm not rooting wow. for that, by the way. No. Not rooting for Josh Allen to be hurt, but he is the backup. No. Um, but, like uh, like I kind of mentioned in the baseball segment, the Patriots, are they're, gonna, they're like what the Yankees are going to be. They're just going to win. They won't ever be too dumpster fire-ish. They're going to get wins. You're going to be like, wow, they're hanging around. But they'll find never, ways to stay They're never going to be great. Exactly. They'll be floating, but they'll never be soaring. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, they won't be Michael Phelps in the Olympics, but they're not going to be, you know, fighting for their lives. You know. So. Exactly. So, uh, Patriots get the uh, the win that is the last straw for Frank Reich, a guy I really wanted to succeed after 2017. Thank you, Frank. But, uh, man, what happened? Um, Your time is up, my friend. That team just seems in total disarray. And uh, it's really unfortunate to see. Some guys are not fit to be head coaches, no. even if you're a great coordinator. We've seen this story before. Many guys have faltered as being the head coach of a team. Just look at Josh McDaniels. Hey, I was That was the example I was just going to bring up. Great coordinator for New England. Has gotten stints with, with the Broncos. Terrible. Now with the Raiders, they are a dumpster fire, too. Oh. We'll get to them later on. Oh. They are atrocious. Oh my goodness. My goodness. Well, we're going to keep it in the AFC East, though. Bills, Jets, and the Meadowlands. We mentioned earlier, the Jets won this game. To find the odds, the Jets are six and three, despite Zach Wilson being horrendous. I mean, they're they're dancing around a bad quarterback situation. It's miraculous, good. isn't it, it? It's a fantastic coaching job by Robert Sala, a guy who was facing a lot of criticism last year for the really bad performance in the Jets. Uh, but man, he is doing a really good job uh, of getting this team together. This defense is incredible. 
So many playmakers. Sauce Gardner is a rookie. Oh, Sauce is Sauce, man. Oh, he's my got the sauce. Goodness, he Sauce has got sauce. the sauce. Yes, he does. One of the best picks in the draft. You know, everyone was like, eh, "Did they take this kid too soon?" No, no one's questioning that anymore. Uh, he's a yeah. That was the first like, "Oh, that's a reach." That's you know? a reach. Jets had a great draft. I mean, how about talk it? about how young this team is? The studs they got. I mean, it's incredible. It really is phenomenal how they've put this team together. Jermaine Johnson, one of my favorite players from Florida State, was a standout. Uh, transferred there from Georgia. Now he's starring for the Jets in the NFL. Had a big sack on Josh Allen in this past week's game. And then on the offense, I mean, you got Garrett Wilson, the rookie from Ohio State, 92 yards, 8 catches. I mean, just the newcomers, the youth. Before Brees Hall got hurt, he was playing like a stud. Michael Carter, you know, he played all right. 76 yards and a touchdown on limited carries with 12. Uh, good work in limited time. I mean, the Jets are just making the plays when they need to. They're 6-3. and three. They're still in they're, they're, Heavily in playoff contention, and they have a shot to win this division. I can't believe I'm saying that. Who would have thought? Who would have thought at all? Everyone thought it was the Bills on a runaway, and now with Josh Allen potentially being injured, this makes this division even more this wide open. This thing is wide open. And the Jets have that I big mean, win over Miami because look, Tua was hurt and Skylar Thompson had to play. Exactly. It puts the Jets in play for the division. It puts the Dolphins in play for the division. And think about what this does for the conference. Think Jets about that Jets have all the chips in front picture. of them. Think about if, if the... If the Road through the playoffs. I mean, if it's not Arrowhead, if it has to go through Miami or New York, this is it's insane. It I mean, really what does that is do? Crazy because you you might have teams that are the better team than than New York or or Miami. So, but you got to go on the road. Going on the road, exactly. It shakes up everything, and it's really interesting. By the way, speaking of the Jets, uh, some guy did a coin flip to predict what the Jets uh, season would look like. To this point, he has gotten every game right. Okay, you told me about the prediction guy for the Phillies winning the World Series, so I'm done putting stock in your little. I'm not putting stock in it. Tidbits. I'm just saying this is this is weird. That is it, weird. It's very weird, and it's not like the prediction was even that outlandish as of right now. The Jets are six and three. This prediction has them going eleven and six and losing in the AFC Championship game. Wow. But uh, yeah, would you look at that? Uh, they have the bye. He has them losing back to back to New England and Chicago. That'd be a little disappointing. That would be disgusting. But then. <laughs> Wins against Minnesota and Buffalo consecutively <laughs> before beating Why? the Lions, Jags, and Seahawks consecutively before losing the could season ender to the Dolphins. I mean, that could happen. Anything's anything is apparently possible the way this season's going. Dude, this is like I, I've said it before. Aside from like the Eagles, this is just one of the worst displays of football. Oh, it's horrible. Averaged across a league. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, it's disgusting. They need. I I have said this for years. They need to be practicing the fully. Product. They need to be playing in the preseason. The I get product it, the we're seeing concerns. this year. Look at it. Garbage. Just watch a football game. One of the it's worst bad. in years. One just of the worst in years. It really. A it's a bad look for the NFL. It really, really is because these are the best. There's nothing against the athletes, but look, these, these are the. Some of the best athletes walking the face of the earth. Yep. And the product week in and week out from some of these teams is borderline embarrassing. Uh, but we do have to take our first break. When we come back, we will continue to address the NFL's bizarre product on the field this year. Many teams underperforming. And, you know, some of the surprise teams, many things coming your way next on the flip side of this break. All things NFL right here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. Get you are. Are you're listening to the Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. Get you are. <laughs> Jack kindly pirate playing Mitch. our favorite SPA there. Yeah. Pirate Mitch is out and about today here in Blind the studio. Blind Beard the folks. Pirate. <laughs> <laughs> we well, are back on heavy hitters. Yeah, if we're you back. Couldn't tell. Radio Voice Kutztown University. KR, you know the drill. Mitch and Jack 
and Lucas. Welcome. And Lucas is giving his input on a little bit of Cliff Kingsbury action here as we yeah, break. Look, I agree with him. A full-fledged 100%. I, I mean, do, too. We, we will know. get to the Cardinals. We have a couple more games to talk about before oh. we get there. We're going it's to my hill. I'm going to die on, Jack. We're, we're going sorry. to our nation's capital. Vikings, Commanders, Washington escapes narrowly with a 20-17 to 17 victory. They are 7-1. and one. But even them, even the Vikings, who have a 7-1 and one record, second best in the NFC, really not blowing you away with their performance on the field this year. I think Kirk, they're good. They're good. I don't think they're seven and one good though. In a normal year, who's their one loss? <sighs> yeah, that's right. E A G L E S Eagles. Let's go! Wow, you kept that controlled. I'm proud. I am proud of you. Well, because it, it wasn't like I had. It wasn't like a, a win, and I had to be super revved. Let's go! No, it was like a, yeah, we beat the Vikings on prime time like I love seven your, weeks I, ago. I, I, I love your macho fan impersonation. Let's go! Let's go! Like, oh if you watch the videos throughout the playoff run for the Phillies, I, I turn into that guy. Yeah. And then I guy. run around a courtyard in Golden Bear Village South, hugging random people and screaming into people's windows. It was a great time while it lasted. Fun while it lasted. All great things come to an end, as the saying goes. But All that glitters stats. is not gold. Ah <laughs> oh, man. It's true. That's true. Anyways. It is. Yeah, the Vikings, though, I, I think they're a good team. I definitely think they will uh, have a... a Good playoff run. I think they're the third best in the conference, though, behind the Birds and the Niners. I would agree. I would 100% agree with that statement. And, you know, Vikings are having a little fun on the team flight back home. Kirk Cousins a little iced out. He had that drip, little, uh, <laughs> you know, many, many necklaces and uh, jewelry items on, all diamond. Uh, but he was. <laughs> you think he was sitting on a plane going, let's ride? No, he was not. Let's he ride. was not being Russell Wilson. Let's ride. He was enjoying his time with his teammates. <laughs> I love, I love dancing, that clip. dancing and looking like a stud. Kirk. Gets it done against his former team. They even did that. You like that in the locker room. Oh, Kirk, man. Kirk says, you like that on three. One, two, three. You like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, Kirk is living it up, loving playing against his former team. All the vibes are through the roof right now in Minnesota. They are rocking, rolling. Seven and one, comfortable division lead. Even the newcomer, TJ Hawkins, to get in on the fun. Nine catches for 70 yards. How about that? Jay Jett is doing what he normally does. A buck 15 and a touchdown. My boy, Dalvin Cook, they kind of got held in check. Thielen, did he get injured in this game? I don't know, but he had a. He, uh, had he had some concerns catch. there, um, but uh, I'll, I'll get more information on that as we proceed. But the Vikings, I mean, honestly, I, all the tools are there, you know? The great running back, Cook, the great receiving core, great my man, end. My man, Dalvin. And a quarterback that can get it done, you know? As long as as long as the games are at, like, 2 in the morning when no one's watching, yeah, as long as it's prime time. Play. Exactly. 1 o'clock Kirk Cousins is immaculate. Primetime Kirk Cousins is not. Yeah. Is not. And that's oh, where we're we going to leave. missed it badly. Yeah, just go look at that Monday night tape. <laughs> and that's what you'll say. Oh, we missed it game. badly. Yeah. It was a that's great Kirk. game. Darius Slay looking like a stud. Well, we talked about Josh McDaniels earlier. It's time we talk about him now. Jacksonville beats the Raiders 27-20. Trevor Lawrence, 235 at a touchdown. ETN continues to shine in his new enhanced roles. The sole running back in this offense. He goes for 109, two touchdowns. Jacksonville's offense, the pieces are starting to come together for this team. We're not seeing it now. They're 3-6, and six, but look, Doug Peterson's got this team going in the right direction. You see the development from these guys. ETN looks really good. Lawrence is taking steps forward. He went 25-31 yesterday. Didn't really throw for the greatest of yards, but that's efficient. That's an efficient performance. He won the game. And that's really what you want to see from a second-year quarterback. Take the steps forward. Don't turn the ball over. And, you know, the yards and the touchdowns, they'll come. They uh, will. But if you they don't turn the ball over, that will give you some longevity in this league as a quarterback. It's Christian not like Kirk. he has a studded receiver core that he's throwing to either. You no. know what I mean? Like, and they'll get Calvin Ridley next year, who's a star. Who? Calvin Oh, Ridley? Calvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but that's that next trade. year. That's a big move. Like, it is. And no one's talking about it. 
flying under the radar, but next year that'll be a big time move. Christian Kirk was receiving six and a touchdown. <laughs> just, he doesn't. I bet he just doesn't have to bet on himself. So, exactly. Uh, that's somebody did. I mean, he bet on the Falcons, but yeah, rough, okay. rough Anyways. to say the least. But Jags win. They're three and six. The dumpster fire that is the Las Vegas Raiders continue to lose. Devontae Adams going for 146 and two touchdowns means nothing because they lose because when the offense plays well, the defense can't do anything right. Exactly. Josh Jacobs, uh, this shows how much they trust Derek Carr, didn't he? uh, Josh Jacobs throw the final play of the, uh, throw the final pass of the game and it was intercepted. I don't know. It doesn't say that on the stats that I'm looking at. I believe so. But maybe it was He had a pick in my uh, my fantasy matchup. He had an interception. I didn't watch the game and for good reason because it really wasn't a good one. No. But uh, uh, the Raiders but, are a terrible team and will continue to be a terrible team. I mean, team. the AFC West, man, most disappointing division of football. It's not even so close. Much, we, this division this was getting we'll, gassed up by everybody. It was like, oh, these four yeah. teams, all of them can make the playoffs. I mean, I mean, no, no decline in sight. Russell Wilson's going to cook with Denver. Derek Carr and the Raiders, they're going to be incredible. The Chargers, they're going to contend with the Chiefs for the division. Wrong, wrong, and oh, wait, wrong. Yeah. I, we On this show, we hyped it up as the best division in football, and it's, it's not even... Close. It's not even close to that. It's not even a top three. No, top three would probably be the two Easts and... Well, maybe it is a top three. Yeah, maybe it is top it's three. three. I'd give it three. Maybe the West of NFC. Yeah, yeah you can make the case. You can make the case. There's an argument to be had, but... Yeah, who knows? But it's it's in that conversation. It's, it's Beast of the East, baby. Barely a top half, you know, football in the, in the entire league. Um, the Chiefs are really just carrying everything. And another... I'd call that an unconvincing win last night for the Chiefs, but we'll get there. Um, man, I mean the Raiders. What? I mean this in the in the uh, you know no pun intended, but what happened? I mean, it has all. You know, you bring in Devontae Adams, and yeah, he has the big game yesterday, but for what? He scored twenty. Points. I mean, this offense, man, they just don't have the same juice they did last year. No, I mean, not at all. They they let go Rich Basaccia, which was the puzzling move of the time. He's a guy who inspired this locker room. They look like they wanted to play for this guy. And yet the ownership lets them walk away, don't bring them on, and said they go get Josh McDaniels. And this group just looks uninspired. They, they don't look like they want to be out there. They don't look like they don't want to play for this guy. It's a bad look. The Raiders, awful. They're going to get a top-10 yeah, pick. They were a resilient, like a very resilient team dealing with all sorts of tragedies. And now and, it looks like they stuff. just quit. It does. And that's the most shocking part because the thing we said about the Raiders coming in is they have heart and they have soul. They are going to play gonna fight. their butts off. They're going to yeah. fight till the final whistle. There's and no they fight. just don't do that There's anymore. There's no fight in no, this team. Nope, absolutely. 100% agree. There's no resilience in this team. When adversity hits, they fold up uh, and they crumple. And that's and only just... one year removed from one of the most resilient teams I can remember. Exactly. And they gave the Bengals one of the best runs they could in the playoffs last year. Exactly. And it's not like this overhaul of players. It's not like they lost a mass exodus of guys. And it's like, okay, well, you're bringing in a bunch of new guys. No, a lot of these same players are still here. And it's just, it's, it's, all, it's all going to... To the dumpster. I mean, it's awful. But you know what isn't awful? You know what isn't awful? What isn't awful? The Seattle Seahawks. Six and three. I mean, who saw this coming? Let Geno cook. Let Geno cook. I mean, he threw (laughs) a pick six yesterday, but, you know, outside of that, he continues to look good. Kenneth Walker, he continues to to shine in Rashad Penny's Penny's injury, you know, absence. But Kenneth Walker has taken this role, and he's ran with it, literally. Uh, (laughs) I like what you did there. Thank you. Uh, Noah Fant. Uh, they got him in the in the Russell Wilson trade. He goes for 96 yards on five catches. Tyler Lockett and DK both get in the end zone. Pete Carroll's got these guys playing well. Uh, some you know unexpected names are stepping up on defense. Uh, you got Jordan Brooks. You got uh, is this Kobe? Yes, it is Kobe Bryant. Uh, thought it was his name. Just making sure. It is Kobe Bryant. Yes, with a C. And uh, Michael Jackson is also in the league. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the game where they were playing each other. 
Did you know so the Seahawks funny. had a D three guy on defense? He made his first NFL no tackle way. yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Joshua Onanjogu from Framingham State. So the opposite of David Njoku. Onanjoku. No, Onanjogu. Oh, oh. So yeah. sorry. And the pun fails. So it's so okay. So sad. But and hopefully I'm saying his name right. Uh, let me, it looks uh, like that's the way you say it, but I don't want to be butchering anyone's name here. But Framingham stated, D3 product makes his first NFL tackle. Man. It's crazy. Seahawks, are, they're 6-3. Six 6-3. And six and three. Three. Jeez. Winning that division. Man. Now it pays to be a double-digit win team. Wow. I mean, let me let me just say, I mean, all of a sudden Seahawks that Giants top Seahawks five game. Uh, team in this conference. Yeah. All of a sudden it looks like that Giants-Seahawks game from a couple weeks ago was a matchup between two of the better teams in the NFC. I mean, what is that? What and, world are we living in? And the, and the Seahawks won that game. Yeah. And... and Look, when it comes down to it, they'll be a playoff team. Yeah. Like, what happened in this league this year? They were awful. It was going to be free wins for anyone playing the Seahawks. Yeah, and it's just not the case. It Geno is Smith case. Is, is playing the the year of his career right now, and just it's shocking, to say the least. Shocking. Well, we're going to go to our 425 game, a game that if you looked at in the preseason, a rematch of last year's NFC Divisional round. Oh, you'd, no. You'd hype this one up. It's Brady and the Bucks, Stafford and the Rams, and this game was horrendous. This was a 16-13. Brady didn't look good. Stafford didn't look good. I mean, Cooper Cup continues to shine because all they have to do is give that guy the ball and he'll make plays. But Brady got the the win, but he did not look Brady got the win. Good at it all. It was not clean at all. No. It was not not Final a good seconds, win. 16-13. Uh, yep. It was gross. One it on a uh, one-yard touchdown pass to Cade Otten. Kate, I was going to say, who the hell was that? Yeah, Cade Otten. Yeah, so. So two Matt Gay field goals and a cup touchdown, three suck up field goals and a Kate Otten touchdown. Gross game. Bucks win. We're not going to spend too much time on it. No, it was. It's just so disappointing. It's, I, it it's, sums up the league this year. These were two. This was going to be a premier matchup. It's puzzling. Know? It's really, really head scratching if you look at these two teams and how far they've fallen from the graces that they were at last year. The Rams won the Super Bowl and the Bucks were one of the premier teams in the league and shells of their shells of their last year's selves. What do you it think is, the odds were going to be that Giants Seahawks was a better game to tune into than Rams Bucks? Yep. Yeah. What are the odds on that? But it's Whoa. the world we live in now. The odds yeah, now are 100. We, yeah, exactly. So. But uh before those weeks it was the world we live in where we thought it was zero. But uh yeah, it's crazy. It really is. The NFL this year makes zero sense. Sunday Night Football, Chiefs-Titans. We thought this one was going to be a blowout. Goes to OT. Chiefs win it. Patty Mahomes goes for 446 on 68 pass attempts. (laughs) Okay, Josh Allen. Um, (laughs) And he also ran it for 63 yards. So he goes for over 500 total yards. uh, Combines for only two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, But Chiefs win. Kelsey goes for 106. Juju for 88. Michael Hardman Hardman gets in the end zone. Spreading the ball out to many targets. And this is a classic Chiefs win. Uh, getting the ball spread out on offense. This is not of, a classic Chiefs well, win. Well, not okay. Classic, classic in terms Chiefs of win, you blow the classic off in someone. terms of like the offense yardage being like crazy through the roof. Not yeah. in terms of the final score, but yeah. like the statistical side of things. It's like okay, this is what you expect from the Chiefs offense. They put up a boatload of yards, just didn't put up the boatload of points. But uh, Titans defense did a good job. Titans keeping them in check, uh, keeping them in check, and yeah, Titans really couldn't finish. I mean, that, Malik was, Willis, that was the story of this game. Malik Willis five to sixteen for eighty yards. Like, this is the Chiefs defense we're talking about, right? Like, these guys aren't great. No, I mean, no disrespect to the Chiefs defense. They're not bad, but, like, it's not, you know, this world-beating defense. You know, it's not like you think of this Chiefs defense. like, okay, this defense, this is a vaunted defense. And this is a defense we go in scared of. No, no one thinks that. Like, if you go into the play the Chiefs defense, you're like, we can put up points in these guys. We just got to keep yeah. the offense in check. Not what happened. Derrick Henry Derrick did what Henry he could. Derrick Henry had a game, though. Did what he could. 115-2 touchdowns. 
Uh, the problem is, though, you need to be able to throw the ball in the NFL, and the Titans just simply could not do that. Uh, and that's really what it boils down to and why they lost this Had one. the lead late, and because they couldn't throw it, they couldn't sustain drives, and the Chiefs were able to claw back and eventually win the thing. This is going to so. be a Titans team, wins the division, makes the playoffs, losing the first round. Oh, 100%. I mean, Ryan Absolutely. Tannehill's not even playing. Is he hurt? I don't know. I don't think so, right? I don't know. I that honestly maybe he is. Me. I don't know. It's whatever. It's, it's uh, does it matter? Not really. Look, they're going to lose to an AFC East team. They're going to lose to any team they play. I think it'll be uh, you know, Dolphins will get their win. Jack will get to see. I told you the Dolphins, man. They're now in the uh, the division game. You know what I did tell you about? What? Cardinals. God. We didn't talk about that. Stop. But uh, three and six, three and six. Kyler, Kyler's that guy though, right? Running out of time to figure it out here. Kyler's that guy. He right? is a very good guy. He's not the singular guy. Josh Allen's the guy. Patrick Mahomes is the guy. Murray's a guy. Top five. He's a guy. Is he top five? Is he top five quarterback in the National Football League? I highly doubt that. Let me run through it quickly in my no. mind. I can uh, tell you that right now. No. You'll go Allen. You'll go Mahomes. I guess Herbert is better. Herbert's Hertz better. Burrow's better. better. Burrow's definitely better. Yeah, see, there's five. And, you know, and we, we keep going on. Oh, yeah, fine. Let's keep going. Fine. Jalen Hurts? See, it pains me to say, but yes. Yeah. Right uh, now, Jalen Hurts is playing as a better quarterback. Um, Geno Smith? Yeah, Geno Smith. Lamar? We had this oh, discussion oh I didn't even remember Lamar Jackson. Wow, yes. Tua right now looks better. I mean. Yeah, Tua right now? Yeah, I mean. I like, look. Murray's I mean, a fringe top half quarterback in the league. Uh, he's top half, but he's French top ten. I mean, look, I mean this this team is not impressive. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be gone. I'm I mean, saying it's impressive. I said they were going to fight for a wild card spot, and you said I was completely nuts. You are. They're not fighting for a wild card. They spot. will watch. They're three and six. We're halfway through the season. They don't got much time. I know. They don't. They, What's their know, schedule coming up? Yeah, you know, everyone clowns the Steelers for being two and six. Where's Where's the Cardinals clowning? They're three and six. They They are not much better, and this team has talent. Steelers are awful. They are. But if you look at the Steelers games and the Cardinals games, the Cardinals are much more competitive than the Steelers. At the end of the day, it's the National Football League. I know, but I'm just looking at the two teams. The Cardinals, like, they're both currently bad teams, but, like, the Cardinals bad is up here and the Steelers bad is, like, down here. I don't know why I just did hand signals on the radio, but (laughs) I got past that. Get what you meant. Cardinals are miles and away better than the Steelers if, if they can get Things turn around, but I mean they're obviously running out of time to do that, so it is what it is. Cardinals are I may be wrong on this one. Cardinals are the fourth worst team in the NFC right now. Fourth First in endings. Worst. They're thirteenth out of they're they're thirteenth out of sixteen. Wow. Who's worse? Chicago, Detroit, and Carolina. That is all. That is not some good company. I think over the course of the season the commanders will be worse. Uh they could pass the Rams the way things are going right now. They could. Uh the Saints they already lost to them though. I know. The Saints Cardinals are only three in the division. One game behind the Falcons. I think they're better than the Falcons. I, uh, I think the Saints are better. I'm t- right now. I'm taking the Saints. I'm taking the Commanders. Taking the Saints. Really? I'm taking the Falcons. You're taking the Commanders and the Falcons right now. Yes, over the Cardinals. Right now, yes. Come on. You're Not just Taylor Heineke over Kyler Murray. You uh, you want to talk about competitiveness? I mean, the, the Commanders just pushed the six and one Vikings to the brink. I mean, that's just the facts, Mitch. That, that is, that, that is, is the, the facts. facts. That's a good point. That's the facts. But uh, look, one loss Vikings team got pushed by Washington, Cardinals led gave, by Taylor Heineke. Cardinals played the Eagles to within three points. That's all I'm saying. Cardinals played the Eagles to within three points. Uh, yeah. This week was a different story against a division rival. Uh, yeah, I just I'm confused. I may have been wrong about this one. I'm trying to grasp at straws right now. I completely understand that, but yeah, uh, you are definitely grasping I'm at straws. Sticking with my my take, they're gonna. 
They will be in the picture. I said Cardinals finished with six wins. That could be a possibility right now. Halfway there. Got half the wins. So, Well, they already got more than half the losses. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <sighs> Move on, please. I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Your take is aging poorly. Hey, what take didn't age poorly? Phillies in the World Series. Give me a break. That 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 was just you throwing your hat out there and you got lucky. No. Yes, it was. It was. Based on there, science. Was no, there was no logical basis for that take. Stop it. Stop it. It's a good thing the viewers, the listeners cannot see my face right now. Monday Night Football, Ravens <laughs> Saints. Real quick, we got to go to our break, but got one it. and a half point favorites are Baltimore. Five and three Ravens, three and five Saints. Mitch, who do you think takes this one? Oh, man. Um, Mark Andrews is out. This is so awful because Bateman and Andrews are out, and I'll tell you after the break. because we Okay, go. we do have to go. <laughs> we will, saw that coming up. When we come back, we will wrap up our NFL thoughts with Ravens Saints, and then we will shift focus into college football to wrap up today's show of heavy hitters. One more time when you're stepping aside One here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. Okay, you are. And welcome back in for the final time. Radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR's. Not Redneck Rush Hour. I almost just said Redneck Rush Hour. Heavy hitters. Mitchell, it's Monday. It is Monday, and it's, it's not Friday. <laughs> it's going to be Friday for like a Get it together, man. A week. I'm, I'm off my game, Jack. You didn't hear that. It's Heavy Hitters, not Redneck Rush Hour. It is Heavy hour. Hitters. You can't Mitchell catch Redneck Smedley Rush Hour on the at mic. five. Jack Heim, always, always a great man on the board. Lucas I think he's here today, say. shadowing. Well, good man, to, Lucas. Welcome to the radio. He likes, he likes some good sports teams, unlike you. Um, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. I mean, he's look, he's, he's, look, he's a Giants fan. Gross. He clearly knows what he's doing. No, New Jersey guy Must have been dropped on his head as a child. No, no, no. Don't don't you do Lucas dirty like that. He knows what he's doing. You know, not with baseball, but for football, I can agree with him. What's his baseball team? He's a Yankees guy. <laughs> okay, he's a Yankees guy, All but right. it's okay. Have fun. It's okay. We understand it though. He's a legit Yankee. He's not a faux Yankees fan. He's he's a legit Yankee guy. Hockey, so, Lucas. To that respect, nah. He's trying to get into it. He was telling NBA. Me about. Knicks, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, recommend the now. 76ers. Oh, wow, they are, they're not doing too good. <laughs> I know. And James Harden's out for like a month. Dude, root for an undefeated football team, will you please? No. Come on. Who wants to root for the Eagles? Uh, everybody, because we're awesome. No, you're not. Yeah, dude, we bleed green, man. Yeah. Too bad you won't win the Super Bowl this year, though. Yes, we will. It's okay. No, I've never been more confident than anything in my life. Well, you seem awfully confident about Trey Turner to the Phillies, so... Which one are you more confident in, Mitch? I have to pose it. Oh, that's interesting. That's a really good question. That's I just came up with, I just really came up with that on the take. fly. Which am I more confident? Eagles winning the Super Bowl or Trey Turner to the Phillies? What you got? Trey Turner. Okay. Yeah. Can't I wait for that to back. go wrong. I, uh, I'm more confident. I'm going to clip this. By the way, book it. Everyone out there who's listening right now, remember this moment in time. Mitchell Smedley said he is 100%, 110% confident Trey Turner to the Phillies. If he winds up with the Mets... Okay. Might be one of the greatest days Book of my life. Book this also. The Phillies will make the World Series again before the Mets. Okay. That yeah. could happen. I'm not saying it won't. I'm not saying it can't. You said they won't be back for like ever. Did I, no, did I commit to a time frame? I don't think I did. Oh, I said they won't be back next year. My goodness. Said, said they won't be back How next year. How many years away do you think the Phillies are then? How long I don't do you know. Think Every year is different. Every year is different, Mitch. Every year is different. Every year is different. Every year is not the Mets year. Well, we'll see about that. Anything is possible. Everyone was like, oh, this is the Phillies year. Phillies going to win. Astros won. So, uh, when it was in the World Series. Not before that, by the way. No, absolutely not before that. Clarification purposes necessary because that would be a bad looking take if I didn't clarify some context. Anyways, let me get back to Baltimore and New Orleans showing off on Monday Night Football. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the call there on uh, ESPN. Manny Cass is better. I don't watch it, actually. 
Um, do they actually like describe? Like, do they give play by play, or are they just talking about just general stuff? It's honestly, I like it because it gives you greater understanding. It's like a quarterback's perspective. Like, if they talk about like, you know, like what a quarterback should do in this play, they do give some play by play. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I'm See, also a Manning's guy because Eli played for the Giants. He's a Giants legend. Well, he's awful. But so what do you mean he's awful? Also, not being able to see Hall of I, Famer. Uh, not being able to see. I need the play-by-play there. So Hall of Fame. Oh my God. Hall of Fame. Fine. Come on. I know. Two Super Bowls. Thank you. I Thank know. you. You know what? Thank you for being rational enough to admit it. Because I there know. are so many people who think Eli is this most no, overrated he garbage. Absolutely belongs in the Hall of Fame. What are you talking about? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That I can respect you for. He he was a terrible quarterback, but he belongs in the Hall of Fame. That's <laughs> sad. Yeah, played for a terrible team. Um, yeah, but assisted us with the combined three and zero against the Pat- or three and one against the Patriots. There we go. But the only three losses, only three losses for the to Pats. Manning and Nick Foles. Yeah, how about that? What how a, about that? What a deadly duo. Those two athletic specimens, beat Brady. <laughs> oh, what a time. Anyways, what a time. Let's a get time. back to uh, Baltimore, New Orleans here. Uh, Baltimore coming in injured. Rashad Bateman, um, Mark Andrews, both injured, will not play tonight. Mark Andrews will not travel. Uh, so look that up, came down Isaac over the Lakely. weekend. Isaiah Likely. Isaiah, that's it. Yes, sir. And um, he, he looked good last week. He did. In Mark Andrews' absence. Um, you know the Mr. Mr. Sandwich, that stop sign guy? He, yes. Uh, he called Likely, you know, before the season, and he uh, picked him up in the draft. He was a my guy, and he kept him on his bench this entire time. And uh, that is being paid off now. So, would you um, look at that? Congratulations to him. His team. He's the Mixon owner, by the oh, way. Oh wow! He's the Mixon owner. He has Waddle. He has Henry. Dang, he's got I, a good team. He had quite the week. Yeah, he started one and five. He'll be one game under five hundred after this week. Good for him. Rattling off that win streak. Yeah. Keep it going. There you go. And uh, his last loss was to my team, putting together a miraculous comeback. He had me dead to rights. And uh, the combination of McCaffrey, Jacobs, and which receiver? Evans to walk it off on Sunday Night Football brought him to defeat. But anyways, uh, man, this is a tough decision because the Saints play, they play you tough. And um, you you wouldn't think because of their quarterback woes and and their receiver injuries, Michael Thomas out for the season. I don't know if we talked about that last week. Yeah, he is. He's out for Man, the season. That dude just can't stay healthy. I know it's so unfortunate. He was toe so good injury at the, really in the first few games. Toe injury keeps you out the season. That that is shocking, isn't it? That is so surprising. It has to be more or something. But I mean, no disrespect to Michael Thomas, but like you're out for the season, and Brian Robinson gets shot, and he's back in five weeks. Well, okay. I mean, I'm, I mean, look, like you know, things happen, and you know, those type of injuries can be like, you know, toe injuries. You know, never really know how those go. But I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, come on. What I don't level know, of toughness? I don't know can you play through? I mean, that's just ridiculous to me. Sorry, that's just my take. <laughs> that was that might have been out of left field. That might have that been. That was really surprising. <laughs> I mean, look, I saw it. I saw it on Twitter, and it's kind of a fair point. That's just my saying. I know. I, I'm I'm in the camp of uh, it. It probably something is really not wrong here. Take all the time you need to get healthy. His health. I agree. You look more you, important than any. Football absolutely, game. absolutely. And I'm not trying to say that you know Thomas is being a wimp. It's just like it's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on there. I'm not a doctor. I'm not in the you know, not not doing the medical exams, medical tests. But look, man, it's not a it's not a great look. Yep. So the Ravens will be pretty uh, run dependent here tonight using uh, Kenyon Drake. Couldn't think of the name there. And uh, who's their backup? Uh, uh, oh, it's that four string guy that no one ever remembers. 
Get roasted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, four-string guy. Get roasted. <laughs> no, I know that we were just talking about him last night. But uh, And Lamar, of course, will be uh, a heavy contributor to that run offense. But in the past game, you're looking at DuVernay. You're looking at Likely. Those are going to be the two main options here. Um, man, I, even despite all the injuries, i got to go with the Ravens. Lamar is back to being incredible. Um, Give me 37 points, Lamar, please. <laughs> uh, Jack needs him tonight. It's going to be difficult without all his weapons, but... It can uh, happen. I think the Ravens um, win, not comfortably, but by four. Yeah, it's going to be a tight game all the way. I agree with you. I think the Ravens win, though. They go to 6-3, and three and they continue to hold the lead in the AFC North. We're going to shift focus to college football for our final about 10 or so minutes of today's show. But before that, we do have a message from the KUR Notebook. So well-timed. Attention, KU community. On Saturday, November 19th at 6 p.m. in Rickenbach Theater, LC-135, we're bringing KU's finest musicians and creatives together for an incredible concert on campus, broadcasted live by the Department of Cinema, Television, and Media Productions live event class, and hosted by Quentin Thomas Brown. Admission is free for the show that will have something for everyone, from chill acoustic sets to bumping hip-hop acts. Come see The Blinds, Lanny Altmiller, Connor Gregory... Slightly West, and special guest Lance Shapiro and Griffin Moonstone for a night to remember. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR, welcome back to Heavy Eaters. Mitch, when I say the blinds, it gets still you every I time. I still think I should join. I still think I should join. Gets you every too late? single time two weeks before at it. Two weeks before that com- uh, concert? Well, can you learn sheet music in two weeks? Sheet music? What if I just wing it? <laughs> wing it. Sounds great. Use the cane as a drumstick or something. Oh, my. <laughs> Interesting. That would be a... The uh, blinds, baby. That would be a fun dynamic. Anyway, we got to get to our college football discussion. lot to talk about. I'm going to briefly touch upon my favorite team, man. Saturday night was a was a joy, joy ride for me. Awful for you because the Phillies, but man, Florida State whoops up on Miami. 45-3. to Travis goes for 2-0-2-3 touchdowns, 10-12 passing. Trey Benson ran all over the Canes. 15 carries for a buck 28 two touchdowns. Woo, what a night for me. Loved it. Knowles are 6-3. and three. They're 25th in, uh, in this week's AP poll. Knowles are having a good year. They could go 9-3. and three. Man, a building block year and what could be a fun, fun year next year. But love what I saw on Saturday. Always fun. Beating your rivals that badly. Uh, what a great night. I was so stoked. Uh, you know, incredible. Merely incredible. What a night. You know, Canes fans, you know, I'm on Florida State Twitter a lot, seeing what's going on. Canes fans were talking a lot of trash but uh, FSU went down there and, you know, beat him in a submission, really. Incredible job. Ohio State wins a dogfight at Northwestern. Uh, those conditions were awful. Raining, downpouring, wind was incredibly high. Uh, but they get out of there with a 21-7 win. C.J. Stroud will probably throw for the lowest total of his career, 76 yards. Huh. But uh, wow, Mayan Williams goes for 111, two TDs on the ground. Ohio State does enough to win. They remain undefeated. TCU also remains undefeated. 34-24 win over the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Max Duggan continues to look good. Two touchdowns, no turnovers. Kendry Miller, a buck 58 and a touchdown on the ground. Sonny Dykes, what an incredible job he's done in his first year as head coach of the Horned Frogs. They're 9-0. They will travel to Texas this upcoming week to face Quinn Ewers and the Longhorns. What a matchup that will be as TCU's playoff hopes remain alive as they look to take the throne in the Big 12. Incredible story this year. Really something that no one saw coming. Max Duggan, I've mentioned multiple times on the show, he started the year as the backup. They brought in Chandler Morris as a transfer from Oklahoma. He was supposed to be the starter, went down with an injury, and really what this Horned Frogs team has been able to do, incredible. They also have Quentin Johnson, a fantastic, talented wide receiver. He's projected to be a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. Uh, he's just He's got a good frame, great hands, and he can 
you know, make people miss in space. He's also got some pretty decent top end speed. So really an all around fantastic receiver. North Carolina, they go to eight and one. I uh, for the first time in a long time. I forget how many years, <laughs> but uh one of the best starts in program history. Mac Brown's got that team rolling. Really flying under the radar. Drake May, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. He's got nearly 3,000 passing yards, 31 touchdowns to just three interceptions. Incredibly efficient, and Drake May's only a freshman. He's got a couple more years down with the heels. They are rolling right now. Tulane. How about Tulane out of the AAC? They're 8-1. They're 19th in the country. First Man. time being 8-1 since 1973. They still send me emails. Really? Yeah. From the old, uh, like the college oh, you know, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. recruitment process. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. They yes, still yes. pop up in my inbox. And this is what makes college football so great. So many surprising teams. I mean, TCU, Tulane. Ah, that's what makes you fall in love with college football. Just the surprising stories every year. Things you really wouldn't expect. I mean, Cincinnati makes the playoff out of the ACC last year. They lose to Alabama pretty handedly, but they represent the group of five well. And now Tulane this year. Look at them go. They are on pace to win the AAC with an incredible year thus far. We will keep it rolling. Penn State whoops up on Indiana. That oh, game yeah. really wasn't particularly close. Uh, Doesn't Sean matter Clifford anymore, though. Bad. Yeah, they're 7-2. and two. They can get a decent bowl game if they finish 10-2. and two. That's true. Uh, they got Allen. I mean, Catron Allen. Really haven't talked about him much. I'm on the Nick Singleton hype train, but how about Catron Allen? Three touchdowns, 86 yards. Efficient game. Penn State's offense looked really good. Defense continues to play solid as well. This game was close in the first half, but as the game went on, Penn State pulls away. Kansas upsets Oklahoma State. The Jayhawks get off the three-game schneid. They're back to 6-3. and three. Good for Lance Leipold and that uh, group over there. Michigan State pulls off an upset against number 16, Illinois. Mel Tucker gets a big win. They're back to 4-5. and five. It's been a re- really disappointing year for the Spartans after going, I believe, 11-2 and two last year uh, with a bowl game win. But, yeah, it's been nothing but disappointment this year up in East Lansing. Cuse started 6-0, falls to 6-3. They're the first ACC school ever to start 6-0 and then drop their next three consecutive games. <laughs> Remember State, how high you were on them? Yeah, they were we looking both, good. Yeah, yeah we, we both, both did. Liked them. And really after that second half at Clemson, they fell apart. FSU yep. goes to play Cuse next week. Going to let hope he beat them. UCF also beats Memphis 35-28 out of the AAC. It's a top 25 showdown in New Orleans next week with Tulane and UCF. That's probably one of the you know games to watch for next week. Yeah. Uh, at a two group of five teams. Yes, we will. Uh, other big games, LSU, they stun Alabama, 32-31. Brian Kelly's first year at LSU, they beat the Tide. They take down Nick Saban and Bryce Young, an incredible game. And LSU's recruiting is going through the roof to the moon. So many highly touted prospects and slash recruits are very much interested in LSU after that win. And they are now in the driver's seat in the SEC West. If the SEC Championship game is next week, it would be LSU and Georgia meeting in, meeting in Atlanta. Incredible. Who wow. would have thought? Who would have thought Bama wouldn't be in the SEC Championship game at season's end? Surprising. Nobody. But that's college football. It comes up and surprises you every single year. For all those people, it's the same four teams every year. This year is not going to be in that narrative as of right now because uh, Tennessee is in line despite their loss to Georgia. Uh, You know, Georgia should be back. Clemson. Speaking of them, Mitch, they fall to Notre Dame. Yeah, Jack tried to make my night worse by telling me Clemson lost to Notre Dame. And he just didn't care. It mattered at like a whole level of zero. It it mattered zero. I didn't care. But you know what? Look, my I'm dad too busy and I yelling at Jordan Alvarez My dad and, and I talk sports a lot when I'm at home, and uh, he had a prediction that Notre Dame would be Cuse and Clemson, and they did it. Incredible prediction. I gotta give you know tip my cap to my dad there for that one. That was a good one. Great take. That was like a Phillies World Series take right there. <laughs> that was a, a, a one out of left field. Didn't see coming. But look, the recipe for Notre Dame to win this game is run the ball incredibly well, force some timely turnovers. They had that block punt return for a touchdown. You know. Diggs on the ground. You have Logan Diggs and, you know, Audric Estime. Both go for over 100 yards. 
263 and two touchdowns on the ground uh, for Notre Dame. They pounded the rock and they ran it all over Clemson all night long. Clemson had no response. Irish went big. I mean, what a resurgence for what they started the year as. They lost to yeah. Marshall and Stanford, oh, dude. and now they've beaten Cuse and Clemson. Crazy. Notre Dame makes no sense this year. 2022 rebound. Notre Dame makes no sense, but Marcus Freeman is building something incredible in Notre Dame with those two wins. This team is fully in belief mode again, and they could win out and finish the year 9-3. Considering the way they started the season, not a bad look at all. Uh, a couple more games you got to look at. NC State takes down Wake Forest in a top 25 ACC showdown down in Raleigh. Backup quarterback MJ Morris, the freshman, 210, three touchdowns. On the ground, they go for a buck 15. NC State keeping their season afloat despite losing starting quarterback Devin Leary. They are 7 and 2. USC continues to rock and roll. They're 8 and 1. Lincoln Riley's first year with the Trojans is successful as they got out with a narrow win against Cal. Good job to the Golden Bears of Cal keeping up, putting up a fight. 41 35, your final out in the LA Coliseum. UCLA continues to roll. They're 12th. They're 8 and 1. 50 to 36 win over Arizona State. Those are just some other notable games. Michigan was in a dogfight. They were losing to Rutgers at halftime, but they won 52 17. Wasn't close. <laughs> and 24th ranked Texas escapes yeah. Manhattan, Kansas with a win 34 27 over the Kansas State Wildcats. Well, that will conclude our college football discussion and today's show. Just want to thank everybody for tuning in. As always, we'll yes, be back sir. on Wednesday with some more MLB free agent updates as we shift our focus to the offseason. NFL Week 10 predictions, College Football Week 11, and NHL, if time permits. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. Check out the Instagram at heavyhitterskur with any suggestions for the show, predictions, uh, and what you would like us to talk about more. And or check less. Out, yeah, or less. <laughs> and check out KUR's Instagram at KUR1670 for upcoming shows, events, and uh, things going on with the club. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. For Mitchell Smedley, Jack, I'm saying so long till Wednesday.